0: I'm Amen. I'm Merlin. And we're gay. And his envy. Episode 45. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of a gay and his envy where we talk all things reality television and everything that we're just interested in talking about. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us. As I mentioned, uh, if you want to support us. Uh, couple quick ways that you can do that. Be sure to leave a rating or review wherever you listen to us, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, the various other platforms uh, that you listen to us on. Uh, anytime that you leave a rating or a review, it's really, really helpful to us because it helps us get into the algorithm, helps us get seen by more people, leads more people to listen to us. And then they leave ratings and reviews and it's a great cycle and it's beautiful and we love it. Um, So uh, we really appreciate it whenever you do leave a rating or a review. Uh, You can also follow us across our social media platforms over on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and threads uh, where we are posting Clips from the podcast and just funny dialogue. We've had a lot of it this week, especially in the last couple of days. Oh boy! Particularly over on Twitter. So if you want our like immediate thoughts of like you know when we're something happens in the news or something happens on television and we just can't hold it in until we can get in front of microphones on a Thursday, um, you can follow us across our platforms and you, you can rem- see it there.
1: And you remember that thing that that Eamon was just talking about a second ago about helping us come up in the algorithm and help us get more eyes you know how you could also help with that other than adding a a rating and a review. You can also share our tweets. You can like our tweets and like our our posts on other platforms and share them and, you know um annoy your your friends with with little clips from our podcast and we make it so easy cuz we already upload them for you. You yes. don't have to go clip our podcast. We do it for you.
0: So please annoy your friends with everything again is mb. Um if you want another way to annoy them you can uh wear a t-shirt of uh, with some of our great designs over at again is mb.threadless.com. Um, we have six designs over there and uh it's not just t-shirts though. It's backpacks, it's towels, it's it's uh, mugs, it's, you know, various other items that are really, really top-notch quality stuff that you can uh, enjoy over at Uh Be sure to purchase something there. Also, if you have a question for us that you would like us to answer on a future episode of the podcast, you can submit that to us across the social media platforms that we had just mentioned, or you can submit it to us at at gmail.com, Um, and we might answer it on a future episode of the podcast. Yeah. Fun stuff. Um, so let's get into this week. Uh, we have certain an interesting schedule this week. We have some of our regulars, but then stuff got through into the mix scheduling wise, like very last minute. Um, like the fact that we
1: didn't get an episode of Orange County this week, which
0: we didn't find out until like three minutes before we were like sitting down to watch it. And we were like, wait, why are they just doing a marathon in Miami? Oh, there's no episode this week
1: yeah that that was um rather frustrating the the prevailing theory was that you know with all the stuff with um lenny getting engaged to his mistress right um isn't he still not divorced no from he's still lisa? he's still married he's still married to lisa um but uh, nevertheless. Got engaged. That I mean, seems to be I mean, a thing. With I mean, Bravo the, in liberties. fairness,
0: the marriage didn't stop him from doing any of the other stuff. So that, like that's fair. But it also
1: doesn't, you know, it's this it's a, a thing that happens a lot in Bravo land. Like we, we've got on New Jersey, we've got Oh um, uh, Polly. Dol- Dolores and Polly uh you know are seemingly going to be getting engaged any day now. Um, by any day now, I mean, like, in the near-ish future.
0: They are filming.
1: Uh, they are filming, so, likely. Um, but he's still married. And, uh, on OC, um, Jen and Ryan, you know, have talked about getting married, but she's still married to her ex-husband.
0: Yeah, it's like, finished the job. Like, <laughs> like. <laughs> Come on, guys. (laughs) Like, you got to turn, like, don't start another job until you've, like, turned in your uh, papers or whatever. Or whatever it is. (laughs) How do you quit a job?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Google, how to quit job. Leave posted on, never mind. Um, Anyway, so we didn't have OC. Um, We are still going to talk about Atlanta. Uh, Got a lot of good things happening over there. We're going to talk about Rony. Lovely things happening up in New York. But before we get to any of that, there's been a lot that's been happening. There's a lot that's been happening. So let's talk about the reality of filming reality,
0: <laughs> or is it reality, or is it not? And and what is real and what it's like. Uh, there's uh. okay. So um, we had briefly mentioned, I think last week, you had talked about it in your uh, tops and bottoms about this whole Bethany Frankel thing, right? Oh geez. So she's uh, you know been doing this um, campaign. To sort of unionize reality stars, which again, we will reiterate, we are all for, we think it's a great initiative, Um, much like in the way with writers and actors in the world of streaming, things have gotten really fucked up and exploitative for them in that regard, in terms of compensation and and all that, and they should be properly compensated um, for their medium. Uh, 1,000%, and there should be protections in place and all that. Now, my thing is, all of that has literally nothing to do with what's happened these last two days, Um, because... The big headlines from Bethany now these last few days, and she's been trying to weave it into this thing, which, uh, like... Very ham-fisted. But I don't know what it has to do with unionization at all, uh, more than dr- d- digging the knife into the back of Bravo at this point. Whether valid or not, whether any, any, of, whether any of this is truthful or not, by the way.
1: Let, let's also get one thing clear. Bethany is a right-wing capitalist Mm -hmm. she does not believe in unionization sure period end of story
0: and we can go all into like when you know the the people who came forward say like hey i was casted to be on one of her reality shows that she was doing and like the contracts were really fucked up
1: and And that was as recent as like three seconds ago so like yeah. I, I don't believe that she's had a change of heart in that short time span other than she wants to screw over Andy.
0: Well, clearly it had to have been short enough too because it, she was reportedly selling shows to Bravo as er, early as March of this year. Yeah, so
1: literally like what? 5 months ago? Yeah.
0: Come on. But to so get to what we were were dancing around. So yesterday I literally woke you up and like showed you the photo that she had posted on her Instagram that she Ugh. had an interview On her podcast with formerly Raquel, now Rachel Levis from Vanderpump Rules. Um, Formerly a Vanderpump Rules. It's now been officially confirmed. Did you see today, like after the interview came out, it was like official confirmation she's not coming back to Vanderpump Rules for season 11? It's like, we know that. Like, it's obvious. Like, what the, like, you, the minute we see that photo, it's like, yeah, she's not coming back.
1: Yeah. Like, it just, no.
0: Yeah, but it's like and and honestly it'd be one thing I would be like <clears throat> people should do whatever they want. But like if if this was really about her mental health and if this was really, you know, and I can and I can accept that she probably was facing a lot of backlash and a lot of hatred and probably some death threats and probably some very severe stuff that would require mm-hmm. um therapy and would require, you know, um, you know, being checked on and, 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 and making sure your safety is first and foremost. And I am completely fine with that. But to me, it, this has nothing to do with that. This has to do with I didn't get paid enough. It, it, I didn't get paid enough to yeah. what I feel was deserved of me because I had an affair that like. It's, sh- I don't
1: even think it has to do with money for her. I think it has to do with the fact that she's throwing a fucking little temper tantrum because she is a failed beauty queen. <laughs> And she is a failed reality star. She has literally never succeeded in anything that she's done. She's got a degree, like so many of us, that she can't use because she's now shat all over her reputation. Who's going to fucking hire her?
0: But she believed so, and we'll we'll be jumping around. Uh, by the way, we so okay. Let me preface this by saying this because I know we did not listen. We did not give Bethany a listen and a, and a play because like, fuck her, fuck her. Um, but like we did listen to clips and we have seen excerpts and 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 transcripts of everything and, and etc.
1: We we have listened to people that we trust. Um, shout out to she speaks Bravo. We have listened to her takes on. Go this listen interview. to her
0: because she broke it down perfectly she, for me. She uh,
1: she's so good. Love you, Emily. But You're I amazing. but I
0: I'm just prefacing that to say like the hypocrisy of us being of because we're eventually going to be like Bethany didn't even watch Vanderpump Rules and is now act you know is interviewing this person. We know it sounds crazy that we didn't listen to this, but we still did way more due diligence than Bethany did. Right. seemingly. Um. But like, so my frustration is that like, I and I was telling you this this morning, like I, when you listen to the last part of the, of the reunion that we reviewed, if you go listen to that episode that we did, like, I feel like we were both in very much a position of like, Raquel is a victim too, right. to a certain extent. I think she was manipulated by Tom. Mm-hmm. I think she, you know... Um, was uh, lied to in many ways by Tom and taken advantage of in certain ways. I think while there is a lot of culpability on her end uh, in terms of certain things in her act and she exhibited actions that were directly harmful, like having that conversation with Ariana, Ariana by the bar, like the way the necklace stuff, all that stuff. But we, I would have been more accepting and more, um, Sort of like at the very least torn. If the if she was going into this basically being like Ariana was a victim, but I'm to a certain degree, maybe a lesser degree, whatever. But to a certain degree, I'm a victim too. That would be one thing, right? But to me, the frustration is it seems like I'm the only victim in this. Right? I'm the ol- I'm the only one. This poor innocent twenty eight year old girl. As if you're not a fully formed fucking adult when you're twenty eight, because yeah. Uh, um like i was taken advantage of not just by tom but by bravo and also by the way ariana and tom weren't really in a relationship they were just brand partners and so because of that i would have never done that if there was an actual relationship beyond well what really, like you're already like you learned nothing in your alleged therapy
1: what really got me <laughs> we'll talk about the alleged therapy because bitch you were at a spa <laughs> You were not at a – I am so sick – actually, we'll talk about it now because I am so sick of people calling it a mental health facility. It is a spa for spoiled, entitled, rich people.
0: Right, because that's the thing. It's like the reason – and you're right to believe that because I trust more what was coming out about her going to Miraval than the statements that were being released to Entertainment Tonight and all that stuff, which were clearly coming from her. We know they're coming from – we knew they were coming from her because – one of the things was that she revealed um, on the podcast, um, from what I read, that her parents paid for all of her therapy, right? And I'm and that clued alarm bells in my head because I was like, I'm pretty sure all the reports was that she was on the hook for the bills, and that's why she had to. Rene- that's why she, the negotiating process of her coming back next season was so important. And I'm like, okay, so now that we know that you actually weren't on the hook for any bills, now it's clear to me that that was just fodder that you put out in press statements to like get to the negotiating table and to try to have leverage over Bravo to give you more money. Right. Because Which, how are they going to deny a person who's, you know, strapped with therapy bills, more money. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, and what gets me about that is claiming, Oh,
1: well you have to pay me, you know, all this extra money because I had to go to therapy because it, because it was the direct results of my actions. Right. Somehow, I have to hold the production and the 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 network responsible for my actions. And
0: but it the so from what I get, her exa- her like justification of like this because Bethany had like you said, Bethany has to find a way to weave it into like this is the network's fault in some right. way. And so this is about reform the reality reckoning as she calls it. Yeah, fuck L- her like. It has to the way that she portrays uh, the Rachel portrays it as like you know they told me that like if you you know the person with the most drama and the mo and who you know does the most stuff on the season gets paid more the next season or whatever they told you or Tom told you well yeah but like it's also implied like this I I saw a great a lot of people like pointing this out which is getting lost this wasn't her first season. She's been on the show for five or six years. Like what is what the fuck? Like like you're not that dumb. And it's basically it it was like almost as if they were saying like they were forcing me to like like inadvertently like telling me like, well, if you do more stuff, then you'll get more camera time and you'll get more money. So that's why I had an affair with Tom Sandoval that wasn't on fucking camera. And if we had our way would have never been brought up on the show. How does that make sense? Yeah. The only way it makes sense is if you're talking about the short stuff, right? Like you, which by the way, again, it's like, Katie gets, like, thrown under the fucking rug at this point because it's, like, where's your apology to Katie? You have no fucking remorse in that regard, and that has nothing to do with, you know, they were clearly... I mean, they were married for 12 years, so, like, it's not like... Together for 12
1: years. They were married for, like,
0: three? No, like, six. Was it really six? Yeah, it's been a while. But, like... Yeah, but I thought it took her
1: forever to get him to even propose, let alone actually marry her.
0: Yeah, it maybe, like, five or six. Who knows? But it's, like... At least, I mean, you don't have that excuse that you're trying to pull with the Tom and Ariana stuff. Yeah. So, like, what the fuck? Like, I don't... I'm just, what really gets me, I just,
1: she also talks about, you know, going back to the money thing. Oh, my gosh, I, I'm so poor. Ma'am, you make Three hundred and sixty-one thousand dollars last yeah,
0: season. Yeah, yeah. I heard anyone from like 350000 Like I know Lisa said Lisa Vanderpump was said directly like three hundred sixty-one thousand or something. But I think heard, I will trust the LVP. On I've that heard that anywhere number. from like three hundred fifty to like three eighty, like somewhere in that range. Also, With, number
1: one, Bethany's like, oh well, I pay my interns more than that, bitch. Where do you get an intern? That may, where do you get an she intern did, position that makes that much money? She
0: doesn't know what Raquel is be, or Rachel's being paid. She doesn't know. No, that, like she like that. She's but, so convinced. She's she knows the end goal. Bethany knows the oh, end yeah. goal, and whatever. Because like from people who I saw that watched that or that listened to the podcast. You could tell Bethany was, like, leading, like, trying to throw – and like, bringing up Andy a lot, bringing up Lisa Vanderpump a lot, mm-hmm. bringing – and, like, it was so ridiculous to me that the idea that, like, you're a 28-year-old grown adult – I'm sorry, you're a grown adult. As much as you talk in a baby voice, you're a grown adult. <laughs> like, and, like, <sighs> Lala, I think, really hit on it at the reunion, and I think we kind of talked about it, which is just, like – why are you acting like a victim now when we are on a platform that this shit is fair game? Sorry, like I'm yeah. I did Ariana call call you disgusting and a bitch and you know subhuman, subhuman and di- di- diabolical and all that stuff. Yes, she absolutely fucking did,
1: and it was warranted.
0: And she did she did it less than a month after she found out that you fucking had an affair with her fucking long term boyfriend. First off, and second off, like you've been called you like how it, so. Uh, Bethany made something about like oh where was the where was HR cuz you don't have like an HR to go to and say like hey this person like you know called you know you know um uh uh verbally abused me or whatever it's like okay by that standard though can Lala go to HR about um uh being verbally abused by Raquel being called a mistress bimbo, blah, 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 whatever. Can Katie go to HR and say, Hey, I brought my mom to on fucking set. If we're making the comparison to acting or whatever, mm-hmm. I brought my mom into set and, uh, uh, peop- employees of here verbally abused her. Also,
1: I'm pretty sure that Luann, uh, Deliseps would have a conversation with that HR department considering how, uh, Bethany talked to her at Bluestone Manor
0: yeah but that's and that's the thing too was that like that the whole idea that like she was so victimized by these words and and Bethany reading all the comments back to her and being like I would have killed if you were my child but I would have killed somebody you know whatever so that's
1: okay but calling someone names because they literally broke up a decade-long relationship. Right. That's not okay. But that's
0: why Bethany is not the good messenger, because you can pull up how many, how much fucking footage from Roni of her doing that to Luann, doing that to Sonya, to, even to Ramona to a certain extent. Like, as yep. far as Ramona may have deserved it at times, much in the way Raquel deserved it at that time, like... Like you can pull up so much footage from Bethany doing that shit. And then you can also pull up uh, quotes and interviews from Bethany after the fact, uh, post her career being like, you got to suck it up. You got to fucking, you know, this is the game that we're all agreed to. So it's like, and that was Lala's point was like, we have all agreed to be on this fucking show. And then we get into like we go to Vegas and I get into an argument with you at that dinner table about the comment you made in the bed. And then you fire back with stuff about, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we have this thing. And then you go back crying that like I verbally abused you or something as if like this isn't what we're fucking hired to do.
1: Yeah. That that would be like um, that would be like. a a wrestler getting done with a match and then trying to start charge the person that they were just in a match with, with assault.
0: It's, it's, it's it's insane. That's what you're hired to do. And there are certain things that cross lines in, in many regards. And yes, the, like, you know, maybe in things like, in terms of like racism or like we're seeing, we're seeing stuff on, on, um, uh, below deck, down under, with that uh, attempted sexual assault, which right. was like, and that stuff is very like clear and actionable, and like so, like, but like, he wasn't hired to rape his his co stars. Exactly. Like, there's not a uh, there's uh, a
1: clear difference between you know interpersonal relationships and literally assaulting someone.
0: Right. But then, but it's also just the the. Well, you were yelled at and, and demeaned Wah. and victimized by a woman that you completely fucking mistreated. And then you're going onto this podcast essentially being like, well, why am I not getting brand deals?
1: Well, and what really, what,
0: (laughs) yeah, because, yeah, because there are 10 million companies being like seeing the scandal stuff and going, you know who we should pick to like be the representative of our our brand, the fucking mistress that everyone hates. What I
1: fucking loved is when we were talking about this before you had said something about um, (laughs) the only people who would hire her for a brand deal would be fucking Ashley Madison. But that that would be a great commercial. It would be so fucking amazing. I would be like, you know what, bitch? that's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> that's but it's, right there.
0: But it's like <laughs> to be so mad that you, and, and I can get it if you're pointing it elsewhere, like not at Ariana, if you're pointing it even at Sandoval, which she doesn't like, she doesn't do enough of in this, in this well, podcast, in my opinion, right. like Sandoval got casted, casted on that world's toughest test show, whatever. Yeah. I can understand then being like, well, he f- also fucking, you know, did this stuff. I'm f- And, and also, parts that I will give her to a certain extent, which is like not only that, but he also filmed me allegedly without my consent. Right. That like, why are we not talking about that? Yeah, that should be the story. California is a
1: two-person consent state, by the way, for recording a conversation. Right. Um, so both people have to give consent. Um also, um, you know, having that because it's sexual in nature, is revenge porn. Right. And then they're trying to talk about how Ariana shared it around everywhere. Number one, they have denied that. Right. And just because they have given details of what was in the video does not mean anything because I can describe what's in a video to you and then you can take those details and tell them to someone else. That does not mean you saw the video.
0: Right, reiterating it. And it's like, to me, I also think like the amount of shit that fucking leaked like, oh, post scandal, yeah. like, the idea that that video wouldn't have leaked if yeah. it was sent around by any—is crazy. I believe Ariana took it from Tom's phone and sent it to herself. Because, and she claims that basically when Ariana um, confronted her on this over the phone, she texted her the videos and said, right. you're dead to me. But people—like, that's if Bethany actually knew what the fuck she was talking about, part of the reason that Ariana, I believe, did that— and and took the f- the videos and sent them to herself was because she didn't want to then be gaslit by Tom. Right. She didn't want to hint for him to then delete the videos and then it become a he said she said. And you know, and because you're literally you're finding out this information at Tom Tom in the fucking moment. You're hysterical. You're freaking the fuck out. You're you're like that's in the a other bathroom stall right. of all places. And I just that's the other thing is like. The, the overly police, and this was happening before the Bethany interview, which I hated, but it's particularly after this interview and during it, the over-policing of what Ariana should or shouldn't have done in, the, in not just the, the less than a month time after this happened, in terms of how she spoke to her at the reunion, but in the hours yeah. after finding out the over-policing and over-analyzing and the over-critiquing of anything that she did in that period of time is fucking so insulting and gross and disgusting. And meanwhile, Raquel was a fucking demon for like the entire run of fucking filming to fucking Katie, to, you know, uh, like like watch the, I said it, um, I commented on Bethany's post, watch the fucking penultimate finale. Yeah. Watch that last episode of the, something about her party at Sir Raquel's not this innocent fucking fawn. I'm so sick of this. And like, nobody's critiquing that. Nobody's policing that and saying like, well, why the fuck did you do this? Why were you such a bitch here? What did Katie ever do to you to warrant you speaking to her and you're her mother like that?
1: Yeah. Well, and and what's also even more disgusting is because um, Raquel is claiming during this whole time, "Oh, I wasn't actually that close with Ariana. Mm-hmm. We weren't even really that that close of friends." Which would make that conversation at the bar at Sir even more disgusting. Yeah, like how invade? How dare you? If you aren't actually friends with her, as you claim, which I think is bullshit. Um, you know,
0: you weren't friends with her, but you were in matching Halloween costumes,
1: staying over at her house all the time, like. Come on, that's fucking bullshit. But anyway, if you weren't friends to ask like probing questions about their sex life and like about her body image issues and all of that shit on fucking camera, right? How fucking dare you? Yeah. And you want to act like you were the one that was abused. Right.
0: And but again, I can give her like I, I I'll reiterate. I can give her the revenge porn to a certain extent. Yeah, I can give her the recording without the consent. That. But like It seemed like there was a little talk about, like, Tom... Like, there was a talk that Tom... We now, if we're to believe uh, Rachel, that the whole reports that he wanted to refilm that scene Mm -hmm. in her apartment or whatever was because she said, you filmed me without my consent, and he basically told production, if you don't take that out of the episode, I'm not filming anymore. I think that's bullshit. I mean, I can believe it to a certain extent. Also, she's running with the idea of, like, well, she... Well, he told me that... Um, they uh were were gonna give him a producer credit on season eleven to keep him on the show. Okay, like Tom's a fucking liar. Like, 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 why are we like you're? So you're taking that as fact because Tom told that to you, right?
1: And like, I love how she says it now. And the thing is, is she's betting on no one remembering that by the time Vanderpump Rules comes out next season and we can actually see the fucking credits and he's not on there. Well,
0: to me, like, I think what it was, if that conversation happened, what it clearly was, was he's like, I need fucking allies on this show. I'm going to come back onto this show and I barely have shorts. I have nobody else. Like, I need you to come on with me. And the only way I can get you to come on with me is to basically be like, like don't worry i'll make sure they give us a good edit
1: yeah well and also can we just like stop having all of the fucking leaks from this season oh yeah i'm tired i i I, because we have had non-stop vanderpump stuff happening since last august it's literally been a full year yeah of Leaks from last season coming out early about the Schwartz and Raquel thing, and then like all of that stuff, and and then Scandival and then all like oh my god, right. all these things, and I'm exhausted. I like, like I and with uh, Jer- Jersey too because we're getting all these leaks from this season that's currently filming. Right. I'm tired. Stop telling us. Just yeah. keep it in the vault.
0: And it's, like, I don't know what happened in between, f- like, scenes, I, like, I'm in between group scenes that they're allegedly filming. So I get people who are frustrated when they see, like, Lala's hugging Sandoval. and, and Which
1: is completely, like, she's but we not don't know hugging him.
0: We don't know what's happening in the interim. I am also frustrated that they've kind of, like, strong on them to be, like, well, you guys have to film together to to a certain extent. But, like... You know, like, I we don't know what's playing out. We don't, we don't, we don't know
1: that thing. The thing with the Lala picture, if she actually embraced him, they would have released a picture of her, her embracing him. Yeah, it does not look like that's what's happening. It looks like she's like scooting by him or like trying to get away from him or like whatever, but she's like not causing a big deal because it's in public, sure. But like, that. Like if they had a picture of her actually embracing him, that's what they would have. But put who out. knows? Maybe
0: it's a long con, and she's like, you know, luring him in to then embar like. So like, I don't like. You know what I'm saying? Like, and a multitude of things could be happening. So yeah, like, w- there's no The whatever. reason to speculate. Is ridiculous. Um,
1: I'm just. I'm done. Let let's be done with Vanderpump rules for now. We don't even have to, let's not talk about these people until the show actually comes on next summer.
0: Right. But uh, can I also just add one last thing about Bethany? Yeah. So with (laughs) and then the other function of like, because again, trying to, she's, it's so like jigsawed how she's trying to like weave this into her, you know, campaign for unionization. And, and you know, she talks, talking all this time now about like exploitation without compensation and and blah, blah, blah. And then we come to find out that she didn't pay Raquel for this whole fucking interview.
1: And she's got hella like fucking ads all the way through it. Like, I feel like, I feel like we don't give you guys that many ads. We give you, <laughs> we give you a little spiel at the beginning we give you, you know, a couple ads in the middle, and that's it. And yeah. the the two ad spots are repeated; they're the same three ads. You know, one of them's for a nonprofit that I happen to work for. So I mean, it's like, it's not even that big of a deal.
0: And and I understand some people were like, we're kind of being like, okay, I fuck, I don't fuck with Bethany, but like, also typically people don't get paid for podcasts. I get that, but also when you're hyping it as like she could have chosen anyone. And and she could have it. Raquel could have been interviewed by, you know, some big fucking uh, like Gail King or, or who, you know, some like actual yeah. like, sit down exclusive interview.
1: But they would have fucking done their research, number one. Yeah. And known what the fuck they were talking about. And number two, they would have actually challenged her on shit. Sure. And wouldn't have let her just railroad the whole thing. And also wouldn't have had an agenda in the conversation. They would have actually gone in like a, I don't know, an investigative reporter because they have. In- you know, uh, yeah. journalists, but they would have paid her. They would have paid, paid her for appearing.
0: But like that's but like you can't in one breath, it's, this, it's like when you have the people coming out saying like, I was going to work on a reality show with her and the contracts were fucked up. You can't in one breath be this moral arbiter and, and then do this shit. And to me, it's more disappointing than anything because I want unionization for reality stars. I want them to be compensated properly. And I think Bethany's going to fuck it up for them. I, I think I, she's going to fuck up any fucking chance.
1: Oh, I absolutely agree. Speaking of people not getting paid for, you know, some of the work that they've done on reality television. Let's talk about this. um This interview between Kenya and Carlos King, which I
0: thought was really interesting in con in like contrast with the Bethany thing because, and it came out beforehand, but like I encourage people to, if you're like, Oh, I really don't want to listen to the Bethany Rachel stuff. Listen to this interview. I actually thought it was really good. We were kind of annoyed with the Nini Carlos interview, but like, I think this was actually pretty, it got to some interesting points. And there's, I think a couple more parts coming out as well of this interview soon. But, like,
1: I still kind of have a poor um, view of Carlos.
0: He's definitely biased in many ways.
1: In many ways. And um, it seems very much like he's trying to clamor for relevancy. Sure. But I also am the kind of person that if Kenya has a good view of him, I trust her. Mm -hmm. I trust her with a lot. And,. Like, and he I was also like,
0: advocating for her very very much like her like i and i thought it was very also interesting with like courtney doing all those fucking yeah. interviews being like she's a mean girl she's mean to staff she's blah 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 like her him being like this is a girl who literally flew to my either mother or grandmother's funeral i can't remember um like father i think to her funeral in detroit like without being asked nothing Yeah. no cameras and and that's what i've heard about kenya i've heard that she is very selfless in many regards when cameras are down and stuff like that so yeah. i thought it was important to uh hear that i also thought it was really important to hear her more she goes into much greater detail about like her mother um, and some of like, mm. the, some of the stuff she hasn't even talked about on the show about that, which I, I didn't even know about John it was like, on the ground with some of that shit. It was, it was crazy. But one of the things I thought was interesting, cause like a lot of people have been down on the cast right now for Atlanta and like the sort of like, they're like, everyone feels disjointed. It feels a little bit like everyone's coming in for a job. Like it's not. And, and to a extent I agree in many ways, but I thought it, I thought the most interesting part was when they talked about how casting used to go on Atlanta. And talked about how, which I didn't know, which was that for the first month that we see Kenya on the show on her first season, season five, she was not an official housewife at that point. Mm-mm. She didn't have a contract. And it used to basically be, and I think this was probably not just in Atlanta, but I think it was across the board on Housewives, was that. If you, you had to basically test out any, any housewife had to test out for a period. They had to film you in your home. They had to film you with your kids and your husband and, and, and all that stuff. And then they would slowly ease you in if you kept making the cut.
1: See, I knew that they had done, I knew that they did some task, some cast testing. Yeah. Before they actually pulled the trigger and, and hired someone, but I I didn't know it was that extensive because mm-hmm. I knew we had heard previously of them, you know, doing, you know, um, camera testing with other housewives. So we've heard that over the years, right? That that happens. Um, but that doesn't happen anymore. So
0: what I would be interesting to hear, because um, to me, the closest thing, and to me, maybe it's why they are sort of more successful in, in my mind of why I've enjoyed them. Like to me, like, It wasn't, it didn't seem like it was exactly that way, but it kind of was that way with Sutton on Beverly Hills. Mm -hmm. Like she was a friend of her first season, but I had heard that like she was testing, that she was basically testing as a housewife. Right. And a lot of, and I think with a lot of the friends of nowadays, they are probably filming a lot more. To where like we could just slot you in as a housewife. I think they did that with Jen Fessler in Jersey. Absolutely. I think, I think so. I'm pretty sure they did that with Angie Kay on Salt Lake
1: last season. Well and now we see that she's got a snowflake this coming season. So I'm
0: and I'm wonder I would be interested to hear from Sutton or the like what was, were you paid at that point? What was it like an audition essentially in, in that regard? Because I do think when Kenya describes it, I'm like, that makes more sense. And that probably as why, why it led to more longstanding housewives coming from that era. Because she was like, you basically had to earn your keep. And she's like, nowadays, like girls are getting their fucking contracts when we haven't even met them.
1: Yeah. Well, and it feels like that way with um, Moneta too on this season. She seems fully ingratiated within the cast. Right. Like she doesn't seem like she's just
0: a friend of. Like she's clear. And when Kenya was talking about it, we were like, she's clearly talking about Courtney. Yeah. I think maybe talking about Sanya a little bit. Yeah, probably. You know.
1: But it, it's just. It's so frustrating because she's right. It seems like they just plop anybody down in the middle of a cast and expect them to work.
0: Yeah, and it's like, well now you gotta be and but that's what it that's why it leads to that vibe of where it's like, it does feel like a job. It feels like I'm clocking into a job mm-hmm. and this is my new coworker.
1: Well, and I had a theory and I discussed it with you, and I think that this is what happened. So we had a a cast shakeup on Jersey. Right. After Teresa came back from jail, we had a cast shake up on uh New York. Um similar time frame, we had a cast shake up on Atlanta, similar time frame. We had a cast shake up on um OC, similar time frame. We had one on Beverly Hills. We had them pretty much everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they cut the cast in half, got rid of half of them, threw in a bunch of new girls and saw what happened. Some places it worked, some places it didn't and you had one season people that like went away and we kept slotting in new people until we found something that worked. Yeah, yeah. But I think that the the either it's Bravo or the production companies realized that it was cheaper to do it that way yeah than it was to do this extensive testing thing because it 's not just about paying the housewives because clearly they weren't doing that so it's not that was at the expense, but you 've got to pay the crew you 've got to pay the production company to do all of that camera testing mm-hmm. and then you 've got to pay producers to like go over all of that footage and like all of that stuff so It's so much cheaper to just slot someone in, pay them the housewife salary, and then, you know, if they don't work, throw them out and give somebody else a a new first year salary. Right.
0: And let me like like if we were to ever go back to that old process, which I think would lead to more successful in terms of like at least like the quality of the shows improving, I feel like if we were, I do think that you should be paid. <laughs> like I like 100%. Like, I don't think Kenya not being paid until she got that contract. at That point, the was...
1: fact that Kenya and Portia were not paid <laughs>
0: yeah, when, when they got into that fight at Portia's charity, like that scene, neither of them were housewives yet.
1: And that scene, I, I, I would say is one of the most iconic scenes in Atlanta history.
0: Yeah. And yeah. it is a, it is a scene. is a sea changer in terms of like, like, Th- moved it moved the franchise into that new era where they were then sort of i mean nini was still the and everyone was like a, an ensemble cast but like they became stars in many ways
1: well and they became an iconic feud mm-hmm. like that's the feud that led to the physical altercation at the reunion yeah you know and like them dragging each other and like Cynthia's titty popping out in the middle and (laughs) like all of that stuff like that is just iconic you know history of Atlanta housewives that wouldn't have happened if that scene had not been filmed for and like it should have been paid but like they were free they they were paid not paid to film that scene Mm
0: -hmm. and that's
1: Cause mind you really only get, cause that's
0: the thing. You really only get paid for what airs, right? Like, you, which
1: is, I think is bullshit too. I agree too. Like,
0: I think like you're it's work. It's still work at the right. end of the day. Um, but also, like I said, like we said before, go listen to that full interview. It's really, really good. Um, there are a lot of great, like the fact also with like the fact that like we would have never gotten Portia as a housewife if Kim hadn't fucking quit that season. Like if like, that's mind blowing to me as well of like just how, timelines play out well and, and like... i didn't
1: even realize that that was happening at the same time yeah because yeah, yeah. i have not been watching consistently over the years i had never really watched housewives until the pandemic and then uh Eamon sat me down in front of the tv <laughs> and was like you have to watch all of this and i was like okay fine i'll watch one season of this thing because you want to watch it And then all of a sudden we're watching all of them and doing a podcast. (laughs) Funny how that works. Thanks, babe. Anyway, (laughs) um, but (laughs) but it's just like when you binge everything like that, you don't realize what's overlapping and what's hitting at the edges of this and all of that. So it's just, it's really interesting to think that the end of, the Kim era was that early because mm-hmm. I thought she had lasted longer in in the show than that. I thought she was like there until like seven. Yeah, and because I, I I could have sworn that her and Portia had some overlap somewhere, yeah, and
0: her and Kenya didn't have any until she had come back for the um, right. Yeah,
1: it's so that that's mind blowing too. So it's just like I, I, pay your housewives
0: yeah 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 and but that's the thing it's like the it, it there are good conversations that need to be happen that need to happen about reforms right. and payment and and that kind of stuff and to me like i would feel much more comfortable having that conversation than what is happening with bethany in in terms of this regard and because to me and she's like oh there'll be an expose out soon about like in the next month or whatever and it's like guess what if you, here's my thing if you kill bravo tv you're just killing people's jobs, yeah, then you don't get. then you don't get any reform yeah. then there's then you literally make it worse off than what people currently have who need better, yeah, like like that's and all because of a fucking vendetta with Andy, which is so clear with what's happening, yeah. and it's like it's so blatantly fucking obvious, and it's so fucking frustrating that like that's being consumed. It, it sucks that probably the best case scenario is that this will probably fizzle out because people aren't taking Bethany seriously, but that still sucks that we can't actually have a good, honest right conversation about this. Well, I think if I had my rathers,
1: I would have three housewives leading this. Mm-hmm. I would have candy. I, I think we've talked about this last week, but I would have candy because of her, like, business know-how and she like knows how to do things successfully and knows how to treat people right right like we know how she treats her employees and it's fairly it's equitable like she takes care of her people um and she knows how to lead a show and oh
0: and Having Todd as well, right? Being somebody who was
1: in production b- because
0: that's the other. I saw. I forgot who it pointed out, but it was like the other thing that's being lost is that be- with this Bethany stuff, we're only talking about talent, right? And this should be a reform, like camera people, right? Writers, fucking like they all are NBA's, in part of this,
1: like glam squad, all of that, yeah. Um, so Candy, yeah, and Todd leading that because I think that would be a good team because they've never led anything that didn't do well. Um, so them, I think Kenya is a good addition to that team. Mm -hmm. Um, she's got a psychology degree. Um, she is like, she knows how to speak. She knows how to like get out there and inspire people and, and get people to give money and get people like she she d- has done that for a long time yeah so like she has the experience to get funding behind this movement and has the experience to get people motivated and impassioned about this right and then you also need someone like a carol radswell who can go out there and write articles who can go out there and sit in the boardroom and argue And do the, cause she is like been in politics has family in politics has like, she knows what she's doing. I trust her to fight for people in a way that is equitable and, and fair. And like, I think that would be the dream team. Yeah. Those three wives plus, plus Todd. I I think those are people who can really sit down and, and do this and make sure that, People feel represented and feel heard. And at the end of the day, we get a landscape, not just within Bravo, but across reality television where our talent is taken care of. Yeah. And not just our talent, but our crew and our, our all of those people are taken care of. Um, and at the end of the day, it will give us better entertainment.
0: Yeah. It's it, and I think they would be much better, um, and and have much more success, uh, possibility of success than what we have now. Yeah. yeah, at the end of the day, um, but yeah, so that's that. Um, we are gonna take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we're gonna be actually talking some uh, shows. We're gonna be starting with the newest episode of Real Housewives of Atlanta. Don't go anywhere. <laughs>
1: Welcome back to A Gay and His Envy. Let's head on down to the ATL, where yet another attempt at healing goes sideways on Real Housewives of Atlanta.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, I, I kinda, it kind of upstaged Sheree in many regards. Uh-huh.
1: This was... Uh, they did it at home. They didn't even have to go to Portugal. Sure. They're, they're, which is not in Spain.
0: Um, this was kind of Drew's episode. It was very much like, this is the Drew episode. Mm-hmm. I mean... It feels like that's. I I feel like this whole last sort of run is going to kind of be Drew's, in terms of what we're going to be getting with like the last parts of her marriage. She is first chair at the the reunion. Yes, I believe that is confirmed, which I think is deserved. I think so too, uh, but yeah, it's so. There's a lot happening in this episode. We started with um, Drew basically doing a walkthrough with her and her sister, and and the people putting together this event, uh, this mental health retreat sort of thing that they're doing. Um, which I I thought it was good to sort of have like that conclusion of like the Allison stuff, like build to this. Mm-hmm. You know, I I, th- I thought that was nice. Um, She talks about, Drew talks about how part of why she's working on her own mental health at this time is that Allison was basically telling her that a lot of her decline started when she got divorced. So it was, it was very much a lot of like foreshadowing and a lot of, and, and it made me question like there were parts in like the confessionals where it was like much like Scandival. I was like, what was filmed Mm -hmm. in post? Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause there's all this talk also about like what, drew is telling if drew is telling the truth in certain regards and like and here's the thing i think she's telling more the truth than than not because ralph is terrible and Mm -hmm. and we'll get to that but like because i don't know if i showed you that like more of that courtney podcast well courtney's now fully team ralph and it's just like drew was actually lying about why he went to vegas Oh oh my god and the the whole part, the part where she, <laughs> where she's like,
1: and, and we were friends. I mean, and we were, were, we're starting gonna... this friendship and, 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 and friends, friends, oh, cousins. The, cousins, cousins, cousins. That's the word we're telling everyone. Cousins.
0: You are totally right on the fact that there's not, they're not cousins.
1: They're, they're, they are cousins by marriage. They
0: have fucked. I believe it. Um, there was also like Drew, they're, Allegedly. they're going over the like itinerary for everything and what's going to happen. And Drew's asking like, you know, I talked about maybe having a bar and then, uh, the, uh, one of the therapy people, people, Dr. Gettings was like, yeah, I, we were thinking like it might not be good to have alcohol since, you know, th- mental health and like that can be, you know, sort of an attributing factor. So we were thinking of functional drinks. Um, you know, stuff that helps with brain health. Not, That's not fun. And I love, <laughs> I love Drew not being like, like it would be one thing if you, Drew go like, okay, well that makes sense. Drew goes, are you serious? Aww. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, we need them a drink. Like, they should
1: have made like some pot infused
0: drinks. Yeah, there we go. Or something like some kind of like, <laughs> well, jumping ahead, but when they come up to the, the, the actual event and they have those little green juices and she's like, <laughs> well, they're like, what's in it? And the, <laughs> Like, it's like turmeric and like good stuff for your brain. I'm like, that's not specific enough.
1: I uh uh like if you had listed off several things and like maybe you missed something or whatever. At that point, I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. You gave me you gave me most of the ingredients, whatever. But when you say turmeric and some things, Bitch, I need the Carfax. It's like, okay. Where's the nutritional value label? Where's it at?
0: So it'll help with my inflammation, and that's about it. Cool. Awesome. Why is it
1: green? Turmeric is brown.
0: There we go. Why is it green, Linda? <laughs> uh, God. Um, we then go to Sonia's house, and she's with Ross. And then this is where we do find out, that, and it had been reported, obviously, um, that she is pregnant now. She it was cute. I thought this whole scene was really cute. It's like she has the the pregnancy test in her like notebook, to, and he like flips through it and sees it, and it's cute. It's fun. It was fine. <laughs> I was not impressed. It wasn't that. Well, they critique Sonya later about her like sort of like big. I moments. thought
1: the one at the party was better than the one that she did for him.
0: Yeah, probably. Like, but I also
1: didn't like the one that they did for her family because.
0: I also the scene can I also say the scene setting where they walk into her room and like right behind Ross is her pregnancy photo with her first child like the photo shoot right. she did I'm like Okay, like <laughs> this was. I maybe you have that photo up in that place all the time. I don't know, but like it's it felt weird.
1: It did look great though, because they did like the they had like a train on that dress and it's like billowing in the wind. yeah, it, she it looks looked
0: fabulous. Sonya, like, um, Sonya's stunning pregnant. Like, the I thought she actually looked really great at the reunion mm-hmm. with her, like, she looks great. Um, she then gets the family together to basically like, oh, like, okay, so we're going to go over our goals for the new year in terms of business, stuff like that. And then they turn around and they have sweatshirts on. Her and Ross have sweatshirts on that say, well, they say we're pregnant, but it says pregnant we're. Yeah, because they're on the wrong side. <laughs> I'm like, no, you, what, like, how did you plan it? Like, the fact that you would get sweatshirts and then not plan out where you guys were going to be positioned. <laughs> well, I just like,
1: <sighs> Sonia. When you're running a race, do you stop like five yards from the finish line? Because you almost had it. Yeah. You were almost, you almost got to the finish line and you fucked it up in the last five yards. What are we doing here? Yeah,
0: I love her father and her sister like get excited and freak out and it takes her mom like 30 seconds to like figure out what's happening.
1: Well, she was trying to figure out what "pregnant weir means. Yeah, is there a werewolf that's pregnant? I don't understand.
0: <laughs> um, they, but I love that they like they decompress for like five seconds, and then Shari Emily goes. So we're looking for apartments. <laughs> 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 and I, I, someone was like, "So they, she wanted to make it clear, like, so we are not naming this new child." Like <laughs> she got out that phone and got
1: on Zillow immediately. She was like, "Oh." Oh, there are apartments in my area. Look at that. Oh, that's so cute.
0: And Sonia's like, oh, okay. Oh, well, I guess that was quick. Uh, <laughs> there was like, and then they tell their son Deuce or whatever, and it was a cute moment. She's like, Mommy and Daddy are having a baby. And he goes, when? <laughs>
1: <laughs> when? Because I'm going with Auntie. Yeah. I'm going with Auntie and Uncle. Like, I'm not. We're not doing this.
0: Yeah. Um, we then go to Drew and Ralph on a bowling date. Oh, my God. <laughs> so this. So this. Um, mm-hmm. Drew's talking about how, you know, we were, haven't been really keeping up with date nights that, you know, Dr. Ken had suggested uh, that we'd be going on. Um, before we get into, like, I'm, Drew, I'm fully on your side on this, by the way. I am going to critique you on one thing. That, like, denim vest that she was wearing with, like, these giant brown fur arms that were, like... It was not... It was like she skinned a bear and was, like... Wearing his like meat suit as a jacket, like it was, v- it was too, and it was too, um, it wasn't as like um fringy, but it was like had the volume of those, like the things in the car wash. The like, oh my god, it, it, I didn't like it. Um, uh, Drew talks about that he finally closed the deal uh, on Candy's movie or Todd's movie, um, to be in and stuff like that. The papers are signed. <laughs> And she so she starts and goes I'm really realizing I need, you know, this mental health retreat just as much as anyone. And Ralph goes, "Are you okay though? Do you think you're in a stable state?" And then Drew goes,
1: "It's Georgia. It's never a stable
0: state." There we go. She goes, "I mean, you see me, sometimes I have a breakdown, sometimes I need a hug, which I was like that's foreshadowing." <laughs> <laughs> Ralph heard sometimes I hear I need a hug and said, "Okay,
1: let me not provide that.
0: <laughs> Which, like, Ralph's terrible. He's the, he's literally the fucking worst.
1: We'll get to that when we get to it. Yeah. It was there was some dissecting to that scene that needed to happen.
0: Yeah. Drew then brings up, like, you know, I know you had stopped going to marriage counseling and, you know, et cetera, and I feel like I kind of need you to be there with me since we're a couple and, and it's, you know, it's a marriage. She talks in her confessional that, like, she's like, the issue basically why he stopped was that... Dr. Ken was holding him accountable for his bad behavior, (laughs) which was he? Cause I remember I didn't mind Dr. Ken uh, this episode, but I remember last season, their counseling session where he was basically like, we'll make like a sex contract to where you have to give him sex. If you, if he like does well. And I'm like, that's called spousal rape. Yeah. Or marital rape. So like, was he really holding him accountable? I don't know. But then, then Ralph starts, he goes, So one of the things I feel like with marriage counseling, it's just a difference in experience in general, I think. Sometimes you get to a certain point where you need to focus on the actual work and start applying it. And I feel like sometimes with counseling, it's just like this topic, now this topic, but that's going to get us divorced. This is like... Have you ever been, like, a child and, like, you're, like... I was a child once, yeah. (laughs) Have you you ever been a child? I I
1: was actually born a child. (laughs) Um,
0: But you're trying to, like, get out of, like, some, like... Like, you're trying to reason with your parent and you think you can, like, intellectualize your way... Out of, like, doing something or going to, like, a therapy session or... Like, this was that... And I'm like, you're not. You see, mom, I
1: don't need to get up early and go to church on Sunday morning because the Bible says we are the
2: church.
0: Yeah. And that means everywhere I go, I'm at church. I'm not doing it to be selfish. I'm doing it because I personally don't think that. And it's like, okay, but like, you're not. Where's your degree? Where's your psychology degree? Where's your. uh, uh, Have you passed any exams to become a therapist? Mm-hmm. Um, where Did you wh- take a course? Yeah. Where uh, do you have a better understanding? And like I said, I didn't like Dr. Ken, but like, where do you think you have a better understanding than an actual accredited therapist on what mm-hmm. needs to happen? Explain that. Ralph says, like, you know, we've had less blow ups last, since last year. And Drew's face is like, Okay. <laughs> And Ralph goes, but I'm doing work though. And Drew <laughs> goes, what work are you doing? And he doesn't have an answer. Like he doesn't have, like you, you say things are better and you say you are working, but what is the work? Where are the better? Where, where, where it at? Yeah. And then he, this was the most like, th- this could have been a Tom Sandoval answer. Uh, like it, he, he goes, you got to measure it on the frequency of making sure it can reduce the occurrences that they can, that can actually happen. And then he goes, this is very intellectual. What I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh-huh. and then Drew's like, I graduated early. So don't think I'm not following like to, to say like, like, but to me also, I think what it is is that it, it tells me why he doesn't want therapy is because one, he's a narcissist. He's a, I mean, he's literally like copped the title of nar- narcissist at this point, more like a badge of honor. So like, it's not far for me to say he is a narcissist, but like one thing with narcissists is that like, they need to be the most intelligent person in their surroundings. Right. Mm-hmm. They, they, they need to be presented as that. Right. And Ralph, like does that. Ralph like thinks if he says big enough words and talks in like a, a certain tone and an and aura and has a vibe to him, then then that makes him be viewed as intelligent.: Big and,
1: words plus confidence and
0: loud. Right. It's like, to me, he, can, he doesn't want to go to therapy because he has to then deal with somebody who doesn't give a fuck whether he's intelligent or not, who doesn't right. like, you know what I'm saying? Like there's no ego. With the therapist. It's like, oh,
1: that sounded nice, but actually those words strung together mean nothing, actually.
0: Yeah. Drew's like, well, I can't force you to go, and I can't mother you, which I was like, good on you, Drew. You know, I can cert- I can only worry about my own growth, but, it, you know, I think it's just important for you to meet me halfway. And then this was the craziest part to me. Like, this, I, 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 I don't understand. Drew's talking about, like, you know, I have my, now with the movie, I'm going to be gone for 10 days, you know, shooting this movie, by the way. And, you know, I'm going to need your support. And she literally says, I want to make sure you're okay, because I'm not going to be around. Like, I want to make sure you have everything set to where, like, my absence is not hindering the family dynamic. It's like, everything's still flowing properly, and you have all the tools that you need to raise our children. For 10 days. Yeah. And he goes, we have a little problem. I'm like, do we <laughs> you're now booked and busy? I've always been busy. I'm gonna step up as much as I can, but there's a bottom line that I gotta make sure of
1: number one, she wasn't asking you to step. she was like, What do you need? She literally mentions like seconds later about getting a nanny, yeah about having like a daycare situation well he said
0: she says you know, Todd is daddy daycare and Ralph goes, I'm not daddy daycare.
1: She wasn't expecting you to be. She was saying take to Todd. But even if she <laughs> was
0: like, even, but like the, the, the thing that pissed me off about this for some reason, I don't have kids. We don't have kids together. Like, like I don't like, I cannot fathom a father or a parent just being like thinking that like, parenting and raising your child is optional. You know what I mean? That like, it's like, you know, a give or take. And it's like, well, I got to make a compromise because I'm hustling and I'm what? Like, she's literally like, I'm going to literally be out of the city for 10 days. So like, can you just make sure you like keep up with our kids? And he's like, well, I don't know about that. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, 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 what is that computing in your head? Also, to be like, well, I'm always booked. What do you do? (laughs) Like, like, what does Ralph do? (laughs) Like, what do you do successfully, quickly? What is your job? It's clearly in technology, but
1: like that's (laughs) it's in technology. That's all we know.
0: And the little I know about technology nowadays, you can probably do it from home. Um, Really and truly, he's just mad because it's going
1: to cramp on him uh, running on over to cousin.
0: Exactly. Like he, wa- he wants to get out to Tampa again or whatever the fuck. Like, like
1: if we ever find out that she was the girl from Tampa, <laughs> I would be. It, I would die. Yeah. I, I would just. Uh, that would be beautiful.
0: So um, then he has this moment where he goes, you know, we're going to another level. Ideally, I want to be like Barack and Obama. <laughs> and she's like. Where's Michelle? She's like Barack. Oh, so you're leaving me? Perfect. Like, yeah. He's like, no, no, no. I meant whatever. And then I had a realization watching it. You know who Ralph reminded me of in that moment? She reminds me. He reminds me of um on Abbott Elementary, Janine's boyfriend, Tariq. Yes. That was like something Tariq would say. Yes. And he's like, well, I mean, look, Ralph
1: is not great in the um compare us to another couple department no it's better than i can tina and i'm like okay well at least you stepped it up to like good people but it was just one person
0: yeah but that's i mean that she he told on himself he, he like yeah. drew it's it, it, that was a big red flag like blaring at you like get out <laughs> like uh um we go to Kenya's house and she's having Candy and Shamia over. She talks about um she's at the point now where she's putting up drywall for the salon, which I've seen the fine, like the photos of the lobby and stuff like that. It looks really fucking good. It's like it's actually like holy shit this is actually like impressive. Like it's not like haphazard bullshit. I mean, Kenya doesn't do haphazard bullshit. No, it's so. it's really good. Um and so Kenya basically tells them about how she's thinking about now about having another baby. And Candy goes uh, who's going to be the daddy? <laughs> and she's like, well, I still have the embryos with Mark, you know, so technically Mark. And Candy's just like, I don't know about this. <laughs> but she explained, like, you know, I have the contract that basically says... It w- but then
1: she basically throws the contract out. the. Like, this is what I don't get. Kenya, sweetie, I love you. Come in. Let's talk. <laughs> because... Um, you have this contract in place, you bothered to put this contract in place where if you and Mark split up, which you have at this point, yeah um that you would have sole custody of these embryos, so that means you don't need to tell that ugly motherfucker, and I mean ugly on the inside because the man is pretty, sure but. You don't need to tell that motherfucker it's that like, you're going to use these embryos. She's like, "I he might, has no
0: rights." You know, I like as a courtesy. I'm like, he can just watch this television show, which yeah. I'm sure he probably already is. Like, so send I send a text
1: to your intermediary.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think she owes him anything. I really not a damn thing. I I really don't. Um, Candy. Well, and then Shamia, because Shamia is pregnant as well, and she she has a surrogate, um, or, or or she's having a... Yeah, she's not pregnant. What? A, Words, whatever. You know what I mean? um. But her surrogate is also Candy's surrogate that she had with Blaze. Right. So that's kind of an interesting dynamic. And we get Candy kind of being like telling Kenya about like, you know, because Kenya's like, you know, I'm worried about like connection and like that sort of stuff. And Candy's like, you know what? At the end of the day, when they hand you that baby, it's the exact same feeling. Right. Like, it's no different. Like, you're literally going to be checked into the hospital just as as, as she is it's the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. it's, you know, you, and she's like, you just have to basically be comfortable with society telling you, oh, you know, you're, you're only doing it because you're vain. You wanted to do it to protect your body, which clearly Kenya, it's not that. It's that Kenya literally would die right. giving birth. Well, and part of it, I think the
1: reason that Kenya so wanted to go through this journey on camera mm-hmm. was because there were so many claims with with uh Brooklyn yeah she wasn't hers I
0: heard yeah I forgot about that where it was like there were quite people like were spreading rumors about that and it's like uh it's 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 that's so uh, far crossing the line to me that's like just like really fucking gross and like yeah you know just past the point of like you know but and, and because it all happened in that season that she was off yeah 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 and if she wants to like and and in term I you know that you can't fix because there's going to be assholes out there. right. But like in terms of like the connection aspect too, I think one of the things is like when the, when Shamia was like, oh, she my surrogates also was candies. I literally forgot Candy had a surrogate. Yeah, and to me that should be a testament to the fact that like. You're not going to, in terms of large scale, you were still that child's mother. Right. And it's not any, you know, different really at the end of the day. And honestly,
1: as close as you and Candy are, wouldn't it kind of be cool that, you know, your second child and her third child, you know, like shared a surrogate, shared a womb? Yeah. You know, like there is not. Like when the mother is like with a donated egg, um, there it's a little bit different than if it's the surrogate's egg, right? But like there's still like DNA present, yeah. So there's like still like a kind of a sibling,
2: there's something kind of beautiful about that.
1: Like, and as close as y'all are to like kind of have kids that are quasi related like that, that's that's kind of cool, yeah. And that kind of would make you sisters in a way like i I don't know i just to me that would be something that i would want to do
0: yeah i agree um shamia then asked about um the topic of sheree comes up and she's like oh is she still dating martel and then candy's like so you brought up to me kenya that apparently martel asked everyone for a cash app Oh, my
1: God. For Sheree's
0: birthday party.
1: I completely forgot about this. And
0: then Kenya's like, yeah, it came from Marlo and Sanya. Like, that Marlo and Sanya were basically, like, talking about this. Mm-hmm. Like, it was making it a thing. And then we see a flashback of Sanya and Kenya getting together where Sonya's telling her everything. And Sanya's like, yeah, the bill was, like, $1,500. And Kenya's like, I spent 1500 today. Like, what the fuck? Like, Martel, really? Which, so, this led to maybe the best part of the whole season, Um, which Which was
1: not even on the show,
0: which was on the after show because Sonia and Sheree got into it and I was like, okay, Sonia, like I, I like if Sonia can keep this energy, like this is all I want from Sonia. I just want the energy to be consistent. Yeah. And like, if she can keep that and maybe even give it a little bit to Marlo as well, like if she can do that, I'm fine with her coming back.
1: Like if she's gonna claim to play the middle, play the fucking
2: middle.
0: Yeah, and she was like, yeah, no, like you know, and she, it, I can't even. It was like a big cacophony at this point, where Marlon was just in the background going, guys, 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 we're in alliance. Well, but we're not in alliance. Oh, uh, we gotta be friends. Stop, 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 stop. <laughs> like it was, it was so bad, but amazing. And Sonya, yeah, credit to her because, but I so. I agree. Why the fuck did Martell? If, if it's a $1,500 dinner, which means to me, like, if it's a $1,500 dinner, maybe you're going somewhere super fucking expensive, possibly. But, and you had a, de- like, it was, she said it was like eight people total, I think yeah. it was. Like, so it was clearly a lot of it was alcohol. Right. And you gotta, like, you, you can't tell them after the fact, like, hey, can you cash at me? Right. You're cut. That's ridiculous. They have the ability to, but like, they, they, Sonia, and Sonia's point was like, I I have no problem paying, but I just thought it was weird. (laughs) Like, and honestly, an upscale
1: restaurant and you're drinking like $200 a person less
0: than, it's not that bad. No, it's like, come on.
1: And yeah, I mean, I sure as hell wouldn't be doing it. It's too rich for my fucking blood, but like, I'm not making the money they're making. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: but it's crazy to me too that we that saw, that Charade like episodes ago was like, oh, he treats me so well. He like got me a a ride from the airport or whatever. Remember when she said that? So she and got
1: so he got you an Uber.
0: Yeah, not well enough to pay for your birthday dinner. Okay. Candy in her confessional goes. I find it funny that she didn't invite me to her birthday dinner, but the people that she did invite are going in on her man. At least when I say stuff, I say it out in the open. <laughs> right. Um, Sheree, uh, we got to Sheree getting, th- there wasn't much in the scene, but Sheree's getting her dog Gotti bathed for whatever reason. Um, uh, I was, she did have a line where she was like, uh, like Martel Gotti's an, the ideal partner. And I'm like, like Martel Gotti's a dog. <laughs> that That's what I would have said. <laughs> Let's be real. Um, she then calls Martel to see if he's like on, you know, on his flight or whatever, um, there was a but to the point of him like paying, there was this weird moment where the producer in their in professional goes, "What did Martell get you for your birthday?" And the, and this was exactly how Sheree answered, and Alexander McQueen, uh, handbag bag. I'm like, why are you putting a question mark on the end? Are you asking me what he got you? <laughs> like, like, what? You, you should know what he got you for your birthday.
1: But that's the th- speaking of, she didn't even know that. Last year for her birthday, Sonia had gotten her, like, Louis Vuitton slippers.
0: Oh, and she was like, I don't remember that. And, like, she's like, I got to find those or something. It's It's like, like,
1: does that mean, like, just because you forgot or you don't remember having them or you can't find them does not mean that she didn't give them to you. Yeah. You don't get to void her gift because
0: you lost it. Right. But it's like, I don't understand why she was confused about what gift she got. (laughs) He got her. And it's the thing of like if Sheree is stuttering, she's lying. Like that's right. that, that's like that's her dead giveaway that she is lying. So like, what are you, why are you lying about this? Okay. Um, they go. We also
1: go... we would have seen it on the show. Also, uh, I find it really suspect that you did a last minute birthday dinner. So her birthday is on January second. Okay. Um, we would know. That we wouldn't have production on the holiday. Right. So, like, it is standard that, you know, production wraps. Yeah. So that's why it was last minute. I guarantee you. Because if production knew she was going to have a birthday party on the 2nd, they would have been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would have showed up.
0: Especially with most of the cast there. Right.
1: So that's why it was last minute. Because... Everybody said she gave them two days notice, which means they, she told them on New Year's Eve mm-hmm. when production was gone. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. It was
0: planned to be
1: off camera.
0: They need, they were like, okay, so the Portugal wasn't a good enough place to do our, um, collusion, uh, meeting. Uh, we need to do it at my birthday party. Right. <laughs> That's what I think. Um, uh, we go to candy studio as they're doing a read through for the pass, uh, with the cast and that there's this kind of awkward silence when candy and drew like hug, they're just, they hug and they're just like pause and just stare at each other. <laughs> Cause they're still sort of feeling things from their fight. Candy's like, the only reason it got big was that drew called me a liar. But once we got past that, I, at the end of the day, I just think it's stupid. (laughs) Literally. Which which it's like, that's the thing. Candy doesn't care. This isn't a crusade. She just doesn't like being called a liar. Yeah. And then Drew in her confessional goes, now Candy hasn't apologized to me for the whole Latoya thing. However, I'm at peace with it. It's like, she is just committed. You better be
1: because if you wait for that apology, it's not going to happen.
0: Yeah. We then, they do the read through. It's, it's, you know, not much happens. It's, you know, um, we then go to Drew and Allison's mental health event. Um, guests start arriving, um, and stuff like that. Candy and says no to the, no, thank you to the green juice as she's coming in. She's like, no, nah. I don't blame her. Um, they all, so they're all in like the foyer or whatever area hugging. Like Ra- or Drew came like the earliest with Allison, right? Mm-hmm. Ralph comes in much later like late like when everyone else is sort of coming in um and then there's what ha- what so ralph is there drew's like hey hey babe ross is like slightly in front of him still walking in like they're walking in sort of together but ross is slightly more in front drew hugs ross right i didn't think that was a big deal to me you hug it's it's more awkward to then go around ross and then well,
1: and not to mention the fact that you would think you're going to have a longer hug with your husband. Yeah. So let's get this quick one out of the way so that he can move on. And then he, so he's not sitting there waiting for me to be done with my husband. So I can then just spend as much time as I want to hugging my husband. Yeah.
0: I don't think there was anything nefarious about it. But what was, was nefarious is that she hugs Ross, goes to hug um, Ralph, her arm is literally out. Yeah. Half, half out for the hug. When you watch... Close, he makes eye contact with her and then just turns and starts hugging everyone else in the group. Shady-ass bitch. It's, it's, it's nasty. It's kind of really nasty. Like, it's, it's, yeah. it's kind of... It's gutter behavior. <laughs> Can you hear confessional is Ralph having some sort of mental health breakdown? Because <laughs> he just ignored your
1: wife. Like, what the fuck? Drew was giving him a look like he was about to have a kneecap breakdown.
0: Yeah. And then Drew's like, you know, him showing up late and not acknowledging me. You know, it's embarrassing. And then goes, this is typical Ralph. When he feels disrespected, instead of speaking his mind and saying how he feels, he's so cold. Which, yeah, we've seen that. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then Ralph is telling Ross, I thought she was giving me a hug. She gave you a hug. So, okay. Like, he's a, he's, okay, I he's a bitch. Uh-huh. <laughs> the man is a bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry. He, grow the fuck up. Like, uh, I don't get
1: it. Um. Oh, you know what? I just realized why Candy didn't take the drink. Usually, like, she doesn't drink.
0: Oh, and right, she right.
1: probably assumes someone standing at the outside the front door with a tray of drinks. That's an alcoholic drink. That's
0: probably true, actually. Yeah, either that or she was like, maybe like she was like Portugal wasn't that long ago. I had that bubblegum situation. <laughs> Anything green? I don't need something
1: grass green. That
0: like. is, that is clearly that that's somewhere close to fiber, and it doesn't even to go anywhere near me. Um, <laughs> uh, Drew. <laughs> Drew introduces everyone um, uh, to the retreat and then has Allison sort of tell her story about um, sort of everything. I thought it was great to hear her talk about like, you know, like and we. she gives more detail of like, you know, I was having like anxiety attacks really mm-hmm. badly and was like calling the police basically over and over again, so much so that they basically hospitalized me and I was in a psychiatric hospital. For like nineteen days, and like it you know, and you know she's like, you know we as black people don't talk enough about mental health and sort of like take care of ours in in many regards, and it can spiral and get you know really terrible, and you could tell everyone was really it resonated with everyone in the group, so yeah, I thought it was nice. They go outside to do a drop it with true session. Because the, uh, they're like, oh, let's, you know, a light workout. As
1: opposed to the dodge it with Drew section that we had in the foyer.
0: Yeah. Um, Marlo is in her confessional and she looks up the website for drop it with Drew and it's a 404. <laughs> and she's like, Lord, it had dropped it. The internet done dropped it again. Well, if you ask Sheree, that means that she broke the internet. There we go. Like like it's just maybe in high demand.
1: Wow. Drop it with Drew so successful that she broke the internet. Yeah. You heard it here first, guys.
0: They go from the workout, then they go into meditation in this like sort of like um like closed off area. Um, Sheree in her confessional. I mean, this was the reason for the healing trip. I'm glad she was so inspired. Good job, Sheree. And she pats herself on the back like like you did nothing. Like, like you know, please. Marlo goes, I don't want to breathe in and breathe out. It smells. I don't know if it's their feet or from them working out and not putting on any deodorant. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> uh. Um, Candy, uh Candy kind of gets emotional after the meditation, too. Like, she get like, tears up or whatever. <laughs> She's like, my blood pressure's been high, stress, my group's falling apart. I have friends saying I'm not there for them. Because C- we talked about it a little bit. But it's like... Just, all this stuff that is like, she's literally going through all this stuff with escape and like Mm -hmm. the tour and stuff like, which we didn't watch their, the uh, reality show, the SWV and escape thing, but I heard it was like intense. Um, so like, it was good to see candy kind of decompress in that moment and sort of like have that. Yeah. And, and yeah. Um, Ralph is outside talking to Heath and Ross. Um, and the topic of the court case comes up and this whole discussion. Heath Heath goes, it seems like y'all been catching hell with these assistants. Like oh just looking from the outside. No shade. Just saying that as a friend though. And we were both like, who taught Heath to say no shade? Moneta. <laughs> Moneta. Maniera taught him right. <laughs> like, uh, it was
1: good. He was already hot. He got hotter.
0: <laughs> they have lunch in the dining room uh area. Uh Drew talks about like, you know. You know, because the popping of like, this feels like Portugal sort of thing. She's like, you know, I know I broke down at the table at that dinner and kind of had to walk off and stuff like that. It was just going through a lot. And Shorey was like, yeah, I didn't know what you were going through. I heard that there was more stuff with your court case <laughs> or whatever. And she goes, how'd it go? And then Marla goes, did you win? <laughs> <laughs> this was so shady. Like, this was like, like, can I say like, you know and you know to each its own they do this across probably across with the whole cast but i kind of felt bad how like sheree and marlo in particular were like kind of not taking the event as serious and then also like doing this and i they kept cutting because they kept cutting over to drew you would see allison and like you could tell allison was like what are we doing right now it was very much like this is what you guys do like it's a Uh it's like a mental health retreat and you're like starting this kind of like issue okay ma'am the cameras are up this is not
1: a mental health retreat this is another fight waiting to happen
0: yeah um drew basically retells the story and then we find out i guess they're counter suing to like sort of like you know be, like teach her a lesson or whatever drew says in that like press she gave like a press conference for it seemingly outside the courthouse and i'm like what is this case like what are we doing like i don't know but i then- can't imagine an actual
1: like Press briefing outside the courthouse for this. That's the sort of shit you get like on a high profile murder trial. Yeah. This is a thousand dollar lawsuit that well, turned is into it, a ten thousand dollar lawsuit, allegedly.
0: But then they show all the court documents that but still, still say a thousand. And Candy goes, These stories be changing 1k, 10k. Okay. It's
1: the conversion rate <laughs> that conversion rate between the US dollar and the euro.
0: This is where I'm like, I think there's valid people uh, who are like, Drew, Drew's just lying all the time. <laughs> like, like, I, and it leads to me to also be like, you know, there's no evidence to say that I should question Drew about like the Ralph stuff and like that dynamic and who's right and who's wrong. Because uh, to me, it seems pretty clear Ralph's the one in the wrong. But now because you lie so much about this other stuff, I'm like, okay, but I want the full story. Mm-hmm. Like I want like every detail. Can we get that? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's what's happening. Can you ask Sheree about her birthday dinner? Can you be messy too? And Sheree's just being like, well, I know you were scrolling Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sheree says, you know, I have my girlfriends that I've known for over 30 years, including Courtney and Sonia, who you... Okay. Me... and And not...
1: Candy that you've known since season three at the very earliest. Season two. Or, or yeah, season two at the very latest. Yeah. Uh also Kenya that you've known since season five at the very latest. Like, we don't know if you knew these women before that, but at least that long. Right. So I don't I
0: mm. Sheree goes, people come out for me. People show up for Sheree. And Drew goes, was my invitation lost in the mail? And Candy goes, mine too. Sheree's like, well, Ralph had said something about that your baby was sick. And, like, Drew's like, oh, yeah, 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 that's true. But also I was like... Drew, you want to be invited to, like, why does Drew figure she would be or want to be invited to Sheree's birthday party? She doesn't like Sheree.
1: I just found it really suspect that the only three people who didn't get invitations to this dinner were
0: outside of the alliance. hmm Yeah.
1: Very convenient.
0: Um, and she's like, candy didn't, can't even show up for the group. So I know she ain't showing up for me. And candy's like, well, I was just surprised. I didn't even get like a text or anything. She's like, you wouldn't have shown up. And candy's like, actually I was completely free that day. And I would have shown up.
1: Which honestly, it's probably for the best that she didn't go because candy can use days off. Yeah. Because we know that they don't happen often. Um, but like, and, and. I would have rather her be there so that they didn't have time to collude without her.
0: Yeah. Um, Candy is like, well, Sheree apologizes. And she's like, you know, I'm sorry. I should have I at least sent you a text so you can, you know, whatever. Um, Cynthia then asked like, so I hear there's a divide in the group and I'm like, oh, Cynthia (laughs) came to play. (laughs) Cynthia is like,
1: Cynthia's here. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Cynthia really like I've, these last two episodes, I'm like, I miss Cynthia in this group. I I think I was saying it in Portugal. I can't, on the podcast. I can't remember. Maybe it was offline, but I was like, sure. The issue I think also is that Sheree is trying to play peacemaker. She's trying to play the middle. And to me, that was always Cynthia's job, right? Right. Cynthia was always the voice of reason. Cynthia was always the one to hear other sides. Sheree doesn't do that. She wants to act like she does that, but that's not what's happening.
1: Yeah. No, Sheree plays the middle in the same way that a double agent plays the middle. (laughs) (laughs) She's not playing the middle. She's playing both sides. There is a difference. Yeah,
0: exactly. Candy brings up the collusion um, stuff (laughs) that Manietta brought up. Uh, the topic. So then Monietta goes, so Courtney was fighting for her life, trying to prove that she was on your side. And Troy goes, no, it wasn't on my side. It was telling the truth. And Courtney goes that I knew her for years. And Courtney goes, and you, then that you had just met your cousin and Courtney goes, cousin in law, cousin in law, mm, They be fucking." but like, but, but it's not even cousin no, in law. No.
1: It's cousin in law in law. Well, no, no, she's not talking about Ralph. She's talking about drew. No, I know.
0: Ralph is the cousin in law, right? Drew is the cousin-in-law in-law. Right, 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 right. But to me her making such a point to say, "Oh, cousin-in-law," Drew's my cousin-in-law. It's that was messy and like like well, it's the same thing as
1: like when Drew at that I think it was last episode um when Ralph calls her cousin Drew or cousin Cousin Courtney, cousin Courtney and she goes, "Let's just call her Courtney." Yeah. <laughs> it was the same thing. It was them realizing they're they're going to end up on this show with Ralph not on it, and they are no longer going to have a connection. Sure. And they do not want get, to get tied to each other.
0: Yeah. And then Monette is just like, well, you called your cousin a bitch. <laughs> and, and everyone's like, whoa! <laughs> and Courtney's like, I did not say that. I never called her a bitch. They then show this flashback. Producers... Uh, She's going, it's just her being like, blah, 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 blah. And I told that bitch, I told that bitch something. And then it just, that's the whole conversation.
1: But she's like waving her arm, like towards like presumably Drew's room. Well, but or just outwardly. Just it's just, like that bitch over there in the proverbial distance. But right? the
0: producers point, because point, Sanya's standing in front of them. And they just put a big arrow and they say, Sanya. Uh, as if to like refute Moneta that she was talking about Sanya. How do I know she's talking about Sanya just because she's pointing in that direction? Actually, I know
1: she wasn't talking about Sanya because Sandy didn't light her ass up. Why would yeah, d- like Why would Sanya just stand there and let her call her a bitch angrily?
0: Yeah, and well she it's like they were making the argument of like it's she wasn't saying she a bitch. She was like this bitch, you know. And we say it colloquially, whatever. Like it wasn't like. I mean, we do, but we heard the context. We're not stupid, but but we did. I mean, we heard the context. But like to me, it's like I want the before and after of that sentence that Courtney said. Right. What was she responding to? What was the like to me? Like that's what's going to prove who she was talking about more than her gesturing. But even and whoever.
1: But even then, all I need to hear is that she said this bitch. Because this bitch is not any, any way flattering. Yeah. It's not like, hey, bitch, that, that's different. Yeah. That's okay. That's your Judy. No, this bitch is that hoe over there. Yeah. Like, it's a completely different context. And if you don't, like, if you're trying to literally gaslight us, then we don't know the difference between those two usages of that word go fuck all the way off. We're not stupid. Yeah. Like most of the audience of this of this show is black. They of all people know the difference of the inflection of the the word uh bitch. Right. Like I I'm a visitor to black culture. I I'm not immersed in it and even I understand your audience is not going to be gaslit by that.
0: But also it's like as much as you even try to gaslight us with editing or whatever, like on the producer's part, they couldn't even protect Courtney that much because then Courtney goes, and we go back to the lunch and Courtney goes, we definitely had hiccups, Drew, but I would never call you or anyone else at this table a bitch. And so she's claiming like, I never even said bitch. And it's like, well, that's refuted from the flashback first off, but then they leave and like Courtney's going up to drew and still ranting about like not calling drew a bitch saying, I don't use that word. And, and, and Moneta's like, that's what you said. And Courtney tells Moneta bitch. I didn't. And Courtney and Moneta goes, you just did. You just <laughs> called bitch. And Courtney goes, I did for the first time. I did. That was the first time. It was the first time ever. It's like, Come on, Corny's a liar. The I don't, mask is
1: starting to slip.
0: Yeah, Corny is a liar. I don't get why these people like. She's been documented across the season to be. She lies about everything, even when it's on camera. Like, well, the problem when you have such a carefully carefully
1: crafted, rigid, like persona that you put on, right, is that any amount of pressure it cracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, like. We see you. She gets We're real flustered blind. easily.
0: And she, like, yeah, it's very, like, it's not thought through when she's arguing. Like, because she just gets real flustered. And oh, stuff. yeah. Yeah. So they go outside, and they take, like, a group photo. And they... So this is where Sonya, like, does the... She like, they take the photo and then she like quickly takes off her sweatshirt to reveal the top that says I'm pregnant. And then she's like, okay, everyone look at the photo. See if everyone looks good. And everyone's just looking at themselves. And like, no one's picking up that her shirt says I'm pregnant. No one. And, and sign's like, you want to look closer? Like blah, blah, blah. Like, okay. Is there anything else in the photo?" And, and Kenya's like, what do you care? Like this photo, like stop. And then I think it was like Monietta or something season. And then they celebrate and it's, it's a sweet moment.
1: That one I thought was more successful. At least, like, I thought that that little gimmick was cuter. Yeah. Like, and, and then you have the picture to remember that moment, right? That's cute. I like that one a lot more than, here's the stick that I peed on in this notebook. <laughs> sure. Also, here's our sweatshirts that we can't get in the right order. Like, this one was better. Third time's the charm, Sonya. Yeah.
0: We go then to Drew's house and Allison is there and she's getting ready to do a at-home therapy session with Dr. Ken. I love she goes to get the door for Dr. Ken and Allison goes, "Do I need to join this counseling session?" like jokingly. And to, but to me I'm like remember Drew was saying like the reason she got banned from the house cuz mm-hmm. she was saying stuff about Ralph and she like actually yes. Would you would you please? Because actually
1: just leave the other two out. You go in and give the report.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, Drew, Drew then says also, like, that after the date night stuff, they aren't really talking, and Ralph has moved out of the bedroom. Ugh. The man is a bitch. I said it. He is, like, what? Dude, like, this is ridiculous. Like, grow up. Like, ugh. Um, Drew says that she's more willing to draw lines and boundaries now. And can, and Dr. Ken goes, I think what you're saying is no one can gaslight me. (laughs) And it's like, okay. Like here's the thing. If he's going to, if he's going to own being the gaslighter, it's like at a certain point you, I mean, maybe it's at least a benefit to Drew in that regard that it's like so obvious to where it's like, yeah, you don't have that like confused clarity, so to speak. Like, yeah. Um, Dr. Ken says, like, well, where does that leave your marriage? And she's, like, questionable and disconnected. And she's, like, at the end of the day, it's, like, th- the emotional awareness is what's lacking. Meaning, like, I need him to, like, understand, like, under, like, basically care about my feelings at all. Yeah. like, Like, basically, like, give a shit about, like, how I feel and, like, be, have any interest in, like, making me
1: be happy (laughs) yeah i will say that she probably is lacking in that department as well maybe because she has not shown herself to be extremely um intuitive or uh astute when it comes to how he's feeling about things but i will also say that he is being the much bigger ass about everything right so he needs to deal with his shit
0: and he also he also feels like he's been coddled Maybe in society in general, but just oh, yeah. from in this marriage for way too fucking long. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Um and Dr. Ken's basically like, you know, you know, the first relationship is to yourself. So like, you know, when will you know that enough is enough? And I I I, I at least he's just like so it sounds like this is done. Like it sounds like this like it, like what more can I, as a therapist, tell you? Because you seem pretty clear on what the problem is. Wh- you know, what need- it needs to happen to be fixed. Why it's not happening. So, therefore, like, just break up? This thing is so done. It's a charcoal briquette. I mean, like, it, was, it was done the first scene
1: they had on this show. Like... It was done when you found his ass in Tampa.
0: Yeah, it's like... Yeah. Like, I just... I don't understand it's 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 frustrating but like and then it was over again when his
1: fucking assistant was trying to get in bed with him yeah, yeah, yeah. like i just i don't
2: i
0: you, don't get it i've Drew. only known you two for 2 years you've been together for 8 and i can almost guarantee that in the two knowing the two years
1: the 8 hasn't been much different
0: yeah so it's like And you have children, and I get it. It's like, it's not easy by any means, but it's like... But I would rather split up and
1: show your children this is how you deal with someone who will not treat you properly. Sure. You walk away and you find better. Yeah. Period. Instead of showing your child you put up with horrible behavior because, you know you're supposed to, you know, be married forever. Yeah. Because tradition, I guess. Fuck that. It's stupid.
0: Um, But yeah, that was the end of the episode. Good episode. Like I said, a lot of it revolved around Drew. um, And and it was interesting to see one character sort of have that sort of narrative throughout. Um, But yeah, I think overall, I, I like Atlanta more than people are giving it credit for right now. I don't think it's the worst Housewives franchise by any means. Well, especially
1: now that we're done with all the Marlo bullshit.
0: Yeah, it's like Marlo's been like so background to where I'm like, maybe that's why I'm enjoying it. Like And look,
1: I will be the first person to admit I was a big advocate of giving Marlo her peach. Yeah. I was wrong.
0: I'm yes, but I also think like she just needs to wise up and but be the, like
1: she's in the second half of this season playing like a friend of. Yeah. And if she had stayed in that role, it would have been fine because she was great as a friend of. That's
0: true because there's really not like all of the things that I enjoy, like the parts from this season that I'm like, okay, I like this part of Marlo. We could have just gotten as a friend of. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's like there's not much from her personal backstory that I'm like personally interested in. No, I don't care. But that's that. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break, though, and when we come back, we're talking the newest episode of Real Housewives of New York City. Don't go anywhere.
1: Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the
0: mainstream Media. And, uh, and I'm the Riz. So and, you know, know Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex highly astute opinions about professional wrestling am i right that is correct yes. and you know where we can find
2: that
0: yes I'm a wrestling man that's right i'm amon i'm merlin and if you're anything like us you live your life out loud and when it comes to issues of
1: discrimination and equity and outright bigotry We use every platform we have to speak
0: out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild... Like, accountability is love, and toxicity is not on the menu. To a little more spicy.
1: Like, one of my favorites... Fuck Your Laws, Fuck Your System,
0: Transformative Justice Now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items, from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100%
1: of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know
0: by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com
2: Sidekick Media Services, we are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com
1: welcome back to the gay and his MB let's head on up to the big Apple where they're making the Yule type gay as fuck on real Housewives of New York City
0: real Housewives of New York City for this week technically a Christmas episode technically yeah I mean by the standards in which like movies would typically like there was a scene and it was during Christmas and th- well, I mean, it's not even just a scene. There's several things during this, uh,
1: during this episode that is window dressings of Christmas. We had that last week for, um, for uh, uh, Atlanta. They started with a Christmas carol playing, and there was like a Christmas tree decorating thing. And then like this week, we're past it. It's the new year. Done. So this is that for Rony. They, they should have like realigned that a little bit better sure. and made it toward both of the Christmas episodes happen in the same week.
0: Right. But uh, <laughs> what, what is Christmas without uh family trauma? And that's how we kick off this episode is <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the tail end of the, uh, the Bryn's giving and Bryn being really emotional about telling her story and stuff like that. And she's still um, sort of going through everything. Um, she talks about how her grandmother adopted her, um, but that she was basically always here that she was going to be taken away. And I mean, yeah, yeah it's, it's and you know um trigger warning she talked a little bit about how she um did attempt suicide at one point in the first grade and it like it's terrible it's just like yeah. fucking like well and I don't
1: I don't quite understand why in confessional after the fact she was like no I don't want to talk about it but she literally airs it all on the episode so like why was she not okay with talking about it in confessional I feel
0: like it's not everything I think there's probably more cuz we still don't know a lot about th- her father and like the, yeah like I think it's I think it's a lot to do with that and like I I yeah it's and it's difficult like you you could tell that she was struggling with giving details and it was almost she was almost kind of like word vomiting in mm-hmm. that sense of like sort of just like getting it all out there in that moment. Um Jenna says in her confessional she like she she's such a beautiful vivacious funny warm smart girl and to think that th- that was living in her head and it does live in her head just feels awful. Um and then Bren makes a comment about like um you know um kind of what we had talked about where she says like if I'm cute enough and funny enough and smart enough and don't complain then they'll let me stay when I want th- where I want like mm-hmm. when she was a child that's what she was like telling herself basically. And, like, that really probably manifests a lot in terms of, like, how she is and oh yeah, and how she sort of conducts herself. Um, her dad basically revoked all rights as a father. Um, but they did have some contact when he was dying of liver cancer. Um, and uh, she was a senior in high school at the time. Um, he basically apologized to her. She says that he said there was never a day in his life where he didn't look in the mirror and look at a monster. And it's like... She's like, and I forgave him because it's like, what the fuck do you do? Like, like, you you know, but I think there was probably, I, I think there's also probably why the trauma still stays there is like how quick it was. It's like you kind of.
1: Well, and I think part of it is that she's also struggling with the fact that she doesn't really forgive him. But she told him she did. Well, and, and well, then he's already dead. So what are you going to do? Who, are you going to be de- uh, mad at a ghost? Like, what do you? Like, you don't
0: have the time or the the capacity even to get yeah. all of the feelings of like all the all of what you've experienced in that moment. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, like, I think she
1: needs to realize that she can release him from that and let him go and let him like move on. Yeah, and all of that. And still, like, go, there's trauma that I need to unpack, and there's still anger that I rightfully have and hold on to until such a time where I can release that anger. But I'm releasing you in this moment. Right. You are no longer beholden to me. You owe me no no more debt. Go on with your afterlife.
0: Yeah. And she also says, like, it's part of the reason why she doesn't really like Thanksgiving as well, because he died on November 12th. And, like, yeah. so it's, like... Just compounds in that way. But the women were really great. They rallied behind her and tell her how how amazing she is and how she's overcome all this. Um, she says at one point, like, people ask me how I'm so happy, and, and I genuinely am, and I'm not even on anything anymore. She jokes. Um, but she's like, you know, I, at the end of the day, you choose happiness, and it's so much better just to be happy and, you know, and that. Um, they cheers, and she says, to getting stuffed in November. <laughs> uh, we it back. Um, so we back, go back to the... <laughs> Let's go off that heavy train and get to the fun, light, stupid drama, which is what this show's been great at so far. Um, Jessal invites them to a cocktail party that she's doing for a designer that she's representing um, at her home. And she that all the proceeds are going to charity. Um, it's a charity that basically helps build schools in India. Um, and all that. So the Jenna starts by going like, you know, I may not, I may not be able to go. I think I might have something on my schedule. And they're like, like, do you have an event? And, or I don't even think they said, do you have an event? And she She literally was
1: just like, Hey, I don't remember what my schedule is. I'll need to check and get back with you.
0: Right. That's all she really says here. She may say some stuff off camera, but just for the viewing audience, that's all she says. Like at this point. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Sai, uh, talks about, you know, they're, they're like thanking Sai for the food and that it's really great. And she's like, My main concern was to feed everyone so they don't talk shit about me in my house. I mean, <laughs> which again, just another more shots at Aaron. Um, Aaron go at one point goes, At least it's better than being cackling hags in the Hamptons. And Aaron's great at just like dropping the like the thing to like, okay, now we're gonna start fighting. Uh-huh. Like, I'm just gonna like make this dinner awkward as fuck. <laughs> like,
1: I'm going to shit in the mashed potatoes. Here it's,
0: we go. It's that, it's that Tiffany Pollard. Uh, the, yeah, I ruined lunch because I was bored. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: man. New York on a fucking Housewives show. Needs that to would happen. Be
0: well, and we... Iconic. De, depending on the air date, we'll, we we let's just say we're also going to probably be reviewing that House of Villains show that just got oh, yeah. fully confirmed. I so, mean
1: any excuse to watch New York Pollard. Yeah. Like I love her.
0: I feel like and I this is like behind the scenes podcast stuff, by the way. If we ever do like retro reviews and or like like if we ever maybe develop a Patreon one day, who knows? Maybe we can get Patreon subscribers. Uh, tell us if you're interested. But we um, need you
1: to bug your friends first. Yes.
0: Um and if we if we ever do that, I want to do retro reviews and I know I've already shown you it, but I wanna go through Flavor of Love again. Because oh, yeah. I think it's genuinely the best. It's it's
1: definitive reality television. It's
0: the best it can possibly be.
1: Like, we've talked about Tamra on OC defining what it is to be a housewife. Mm -hmm. Tiffany Pollard defined what it is to do reality television. Oh, yeah. Like, she is the gold standard to which every other reality star is held to. Um, And even... To a certain extent, Tamra emulated, emulated, emulated. Um, is it? Em- no. It's emulated, not emulated. <laughs> emulated her housewife definition yeah. off of Tiffany Pollard. She is the queen of reality television. Bow down, bitches.
0: <laughs> All right. So back to this. Back to this awkward thing. So Jessel, Jessel decides she says like it's you. Know, it was a joke. You know, in England, it's like a funny colloquial. And I'm like, okay, going with the Vanderpump thing of like it was just British humor. <laughs> it was like a Vanderpump mixed with the
1: uh, Teresa Judice. Yeah. Like a, haha, funny joke, British humor.
0: She literally says in professional that in England, saying cackling hag is like saying hi or cheerio. It's like, what? (laughs) Also, you
1: barely have an accent. I, like, I I need to see, like, I, I, I need proof you were born in the UK. Sure. It's like... It's like, I need some proof from Dorit Kimsley. Like, where are you really from? <laughs> uh, Where'd you get that accent, girl?
0: Yeah. Um, Jenna says, like, you know, look, I think it's, people are just overreacting to it. Like, if I, if, if I was called a cackling hag, I would be totally fine with it. And Jessel jokes and goes, Jenna, you're a cackling old hag. And then Aaron goes, oh, so now it's old. Now we're old cackling hags. <laughs> I'm like, this is perfect. <laughs> this is perfect. I was just her. like Aaron says, like, Jessel doesn't think when she says these kind of things. And in her confessional, she's like, should I call you a Stupid bitch, and be like, no big deal. It's what we say in New York. Like, <laughs> um, Bryn tells jessel to not try to redefine things post mortem. She's like, J-, Bryn keeps saying, like, just own it. Like, just say that you were, you know, don't try to like jazz it up or like say like it was a joke or whatever.
1: I'm triggered by housewives screaming, just own it. I just, I, I know, can't, I can't. After the rent of it all, it's I been can't ruined.
0: Do it um jessica goes it can be received in different ways and Brin goes do you want to take it back and jessica goes no i said it
1: <laughs> i mean at least there's that at least she's not like acting like she didn't say it she's like yeah i said it
0: she's like look i felt like i was being ambushed on the on the hamptons trip you know i felt everyone was harping on me and aaron's like the thing is like you looked miserable on this trip like you know like you were all you were always complaining and like like saying you wanted to go home. And then we see even more flashbacks of her in the car being like, Jeez. I just want to get home. I want to, you know, um, Jess was like, I just missed my kids. You know, it was my first vacation gone. And that's what it was. And Aaron goes, how am I supposed to know that if you don't tell us uh-huh. like, like, you know, Bryn says that, you know, I didn't understand this, but Bryn was like, she was like, I checked on you, um, you know, because I know you were upset or whatever. And you texted back. It was like, I'm good. I'm going out. And Just was like, well, it was for like a work thing." I don't know what Brin's point was of like. I didn't know what the text proved personally, but it transitions it to where Jessel goes like, "Oh, it was for like a work thing." And then Erin goes, "You're working now? I didn't know you're currently working." She's like, "Yeah, I'm. I'm back working." She's like, "Oh, I knew you took time off, but like, I didn't know that you were like going back working." And Jessel is so offended by this.
1: Okay, you you literally took maternity leave but Like, the, why are you offended by people not knowing the inner workings of your schedule like, like i don't
0: the editors kind of play it like aaron might have meant it shady because they cut that after she says it they cut to these shots of aaron just like smiling almost in a way to be like but i feel like that was editing. i i can't imagine jessel's like it was her comments are very condescending i've been a fashion publicist for 20 years i've worked my whole life i'm really not sure why she's so confused uh, because it, it,
1: you literally just had a traumatic C section.
0: Yeah, you had twins, and like used to like. If anyone can, I mean, we have an issue with paid time off and 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 maternity leave in this country. You clearly are in a big enough tax tax bracket where you are at least somewhat capable of doing that. So, just saying, yeah. Um, Jessel's Uh, Oh, Brin. At one point, goes Jessel. When's the last time you came? <laughs> and Jessel goes, came where? And Brin goes, I rest my case. <laughs> She's <not> having sex. <laughs> Jessel says that her and Pavit like talked about it, and then Brin goes, I mean, if you start with a blowjob, it tends to always go well. And then they cut. Th- Again, my favorite housewife trope is when they're talking about sex at a dinner party, and then we just cut the shots of the chef like looking over his shoulder, being <laughs> like, huh. <laughs> Brin's like hand jobs are back, and Uba goes anything that has a job in it, I don't want it. <laughs> good for her, good good girl. Um, so that was the Brin's giving. We then go. Um, so Sai is with her team in her office. This was a very, I will say, I really liked this um section where Sai kind of gives like sort of a background of like her job and like what it entails, because. I, when they announced the cast originally, I think I've said it like I did kind of eye roll of like, oh my God, she's an influencer. Like, oh gee, like, but like, it is a job and like, it's a dream job, but it is pretty extensive. And I like how she kind of laid it out that she like, you know, she started in the fashion uh, stuff and then she then decided to want to go on her own. So she learned coding and how to make her own website and, and started blogging and stuff like that. And then she kind of got went viral from like a Buzzfeed article about her. And then the rest is history. Um, and it's like, it, it's an extensive lineup. Like you be, but you get sent products from these big companies and you have to create these great content and you have to sort of like, it's really a marketing thing. And, mm-hmm. and that regarding, like she has everyone on payroll and she offers health insurance to it's
1: like, like it's a full operation.
0: Yeah. It's like, it is incredibly impressive to a certain extent. and, Again, it's the ideal job because, like, it is like you're you're fat you're doing what you love, and you're just sharing, you know, style and fashion and stuff like that. But it is there is a certain level of work involved into it, and yeah, and you know, I think it's valid. I like it. It it has it did the best job of having someone narrate that role to an audience where it's not condescending, right? It's educational. It's like, yeah, I I really appreciated it. We then go to um in we go to Tribeca where Jessel uh, invited Aaron. You to know the up and coming neighborhood, <laughs> the Tribeca. The up and coming Tribeca, uh, to get coffee. This I got. This may have been the funniest fucking scene to me <laughs> all all year on Housewives. This was so fucking good, and I'm like, this is the this is the passive aggressive condescending bullshit I love in these shows. Oh yeah. Um, Jessel's like you know. Jessel says, like, so a couple of my friends are like moving to Tribeca, and she's like, yeah, this neighborhood is like, I feel like this neighborhood is like really up and coming. And Aaron's like, I mean, it's it's there, right? And Jessel goes, is it there? I mean, I feel like I feel like it needs like restaurants. Like, I feel like it it has a lot of potential. <laughs>
1: She's like, the name is Try Becca, not Succeed Becca. I don't understand.
0: (laughs) Aaron's like, I mean, it's like the most expensive zip code. I'm not bragging, but like, it's like, it's like the most expensive zip code. And it's like, like, it's literally like the average, what is the average median? Like, is like 3 million? So like, (laughs) Aaron and Aaron confessional. I am at a loss for words <laughs> as a real estate person. This is the most ridiculous comment I have ever heard in my entire life. What this tells me is, you know, absolutely nothing about New York city. <laughs> it was so like, it's like it's Jessel's comment was so stupid and out of touch, but Aaron met it with such pretentiousness that I'm like, this is perfect.
1: It's, it's great.
0: Like, uh, she, um, Jessel then starts and goes, you know, I walked in and came up, you know, she's like, I just, I feel, I want to, you know, have this coffee to like communicate with you better. You know, I walked in to size friends giving and like, I came up to you. I didn't really know about your grandmother. You know, I'm so sorry, by the way, just, I feel like, you know, you weren't your usual warm self. I just want to make sure everything was good. Is she crazy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jessel, she wasn't her usual warm self. Her grandmother died.
1: Also, you literally didn't you just walk up to her and ask about the funeral? Yeah, I
0: don't know what she kept saying like I didn't know. She but she even says it after in the con- like towards the end of the conversation she's like I didn't know, but you brought it up to me. Like what? Like you literally walked up and said,
1: "Hey, how was today?"
0: Yeah, it's I <laughs> it's so crazy. Aaron's like I feel like we're Aaron just has to like, I feel like Aaron was just like, what is happening to where She has to just like, kind of like cut to the chase and like, I feel like we're very different people. <laughs> and, and maybe I just don't always understand how you are. You know, you're like smiling and happy, but then you're not, you seem like you're positive, but you're actually really upset about something. She goes, this is what I think it is. And tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, and and just was like, yeah, sure. She goes, I think you're used to being like, maybe treated a certain way like maybe maybe i wasn't catering to you like you expected me uh to and jessel goes so you so i'm like a princess (laughs) i i love this trend on jessel where she'll like someone will try to like eloquently lay out like and and try to like be like you could tell like carefully, like, placing words, maybe not the best all the time, but, and she'll just be like, so you think I'm a bitch? You think I'm, uh, uh, you know, so you, what you're saying is that so I... you
1: think I'm a bridge troll.
0: So what you're saying is I'm scum of the earth. Okay, great. I love when every time she does it. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> and it, and it, and Aaron's like, I mean, maybe a little bit. Is that bad? <laughs> and, but This
1: is great. They've got, you know, the pretty dresses and the crown and...
0: But even, like, as much as, like, Jessel is getting shit on, shit for, like, not being, like, not thinking about what she's saying Aaron being like I feel like you're being you're you've been catered to your whole life is also kind of like But she didn't even say
1: it like that she was like so gentle with it sure and then Jessel was like so you think I'm a princess okay cool
0: yeah Aaron's like is that bad and Jessel goes a princess who doesn't work apparently and then it's like <laughs> oh my god Aaron's like you told me that you weren't working right now, and Jessel goes, "I never said that <laughs> I'm like what how how like I can understand like the miscommunication, but it's like, how is that miscommunicate you You didn't tell her that you were at, taking any maternity leave
1: but then she also then in the next breath said explains how she's just now starting back to work,
0: yeah, she's like i you know d- you know I've been doing this for all these years, I do this blah 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 and then Jessel goes. I truly embrace women that are working. And then Aaron goes, so now I don't embrace women.
1: <laughs> so they're doing it to each other. Yeah. it's it, they're, <laughs> they're so
0: close. They, they're ve- like, I, I, as so much as, I'm a rancid cut. Got it. As okay. much, as, as much as Aaron says, they're different. They're very similar. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's like, so now I don't embrace women. And Jessel goes, no, I'm not saying that. And Aaron goes, yeah, watch that. And Jessel says, well, you just said that you don't think I work. It's like, no, that's not what she's saying. She's not saying that you're a you're a housewife by like definition. She's literally saying, I didn't know you were weren't working right now. I just
1: I really love how this has reignited the through line from old Rony. hmm Um, about you don't support women not supporting women. women. <laughs> Bethany. I'm just waiting for them to have. A terse call with each other, walking down different parts of New York City. Because
0: you have the audacity. (laughs) It's so good. Aaron, in her confessional, says, this is why I have trouble with Jessel. I don't know that she's working again because she never told me, and now I don't support women. (laughs) (laughs) Jess was like, I've never been called a princess before. And then she's in her confessional says, as an immigrant, you know, I came from nothing. And so that's really insulting. And I... You're an
1: immigrant from Britain.
0: But that's the thing. I I was like, do I I misremember her story? She was born and raised in London, right? That's what I remember. Like, there is a large...
1: Indian population in Britain, right? Because I'm not trying to like, I, like, like.
0: I'm not. Like, she, she as far as is, I
1: know, she didn't immigrate to Britain from India and then to the United States.
0: Right, 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 right. But it was, it was giving me a little like Lisa Hoxne at the Miami reunion, being like, I can, I can uh, empathize with Joanna Krupa being a an immigrant from. Uh, Romania, or uh, I, I'm also an immigrant, and Andy has to be like from Canada. Like th- that's it's, not the same thing. It's not the same. <laughs> like, like that's yeah. I, I, yeah. Uh, Aaron's like, you know, I just feel like we aren't on the same page, and and Jessica goes, yeah, the same page. Like, I don't have time for fake friends. Okay. <laughs> and Aaron's just look. Aaron just looks there and smiles. Like, well, this is the conversation, and Jessica goes, so cheers to that. <laughs> Aaron, goes, it's just so awkward, and then Aaron goes, "So I really got to go back to work." And Jessel goes, "Yeah, same." It was it was such an emphatic "Yeah, same." That I was like, "Wow."
1: <laughs> I just love how this went from from like Aaron like gingerly like trying to like get her point across while also trying not to offend Jessel to literally like 20 miles down the road in like, uh, the blink of an eye, like somehow we got from that to fuck you and storming off out of a (laughs) coffee shop three minutes later. They're
0: just kind of awkwardly getting up and Jessel like leaves like with, like sort of just like straight out with like, even no, like, like like they don't leave together. And Aaron just goes, so fucking weird she's a lunatic
1: <laughs> and then they both got up and left their full cups of coffee sitting there oh
0: they took like two sips i'm like y'all don't waste caffeine
1: <laughs> we don't waste caffeine in this house
0: we de- so we then go to jenna's apartment and jenna's going through her closet with her friend heather um, looking to sell stuff and and because she likes to sort of like you know, recycle in that regard. But she talks about how people say like, she always has so much stuff. And Jenna's like, I'm sorry. No one asks why a photographer has like an archive of their photos. It's what I did for a living. Fair. Um, they're kind of going through, she's like, well, I wore this, uh, when I met Kate Middleton, I wore this with the Obamas, you know, sort of that. And then she, she, we showed this like quilted jacket that she uh, had to make, um as like a project or something mm-hmm. like that that's like full like this like wraparound sort of hood. I could I could watch her going through her closet for oh ages. yeah ages. It's really you know not much to the scene, but it's like that part I love. Like it's it's great. We then go to Bryn. She's getting coffee with uh Sai and Aaron. Um Bryn brought her travel chess set because she apparently always loved playing chess growing up and she's added herself in this like chess tournament.
1: You know, I wouldn't have pegged her as a, as a chess player because she has, like, this persona of being, like, ditzy and aloof. But well, she she really is a lot, like, more intelligent than she lets on.
0: She makes a comment later where she's like, I'm, I kind of try to model myself after an Elle Woods. And I'm like, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. It's that sort of.
1: Yeah, I can see that, too.
0: That sort of middle ground. Um, Jessel apparently had called Bryn and was basically like, I'm so over the Hamptons. Like, like, it's a, like, like I'm sick of us talking about this. Um, Aaron comes in and Aaron's like talking, she makes the comparison that talking to Jessel is like having a computer generated conversation with like AI. <laughs> She's like, you type in something and then it's just like word salad back to you. Yeah. Um. Aaron tells them basically it was the brief of what happened and says so. Jessel also basically called Tribeca up and coming, and they just start laughing about it like really. Brendan interconfessional. I think that's when JFK Jr. and Carolyn Bissett lived there. That's when it was up and coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brendan tells like what Jessel told her over the phone and stuff like that, and Aaron talks about like you know, I thought maybe you know she was like sheltered growing up. You know, you know maybe the, this is what it was. that You were, like, shelter, really sheltered and growing up. And uh, she was like, so you're calling me a princess? And I'm like, I didn't call you that. You did. And then Aaron's like, I don't know where Aaron got this. She was like, all of a sudden, she starts welling up with tears. Like, what happened? I'm like, no, she didn't. That didn't really happen. Nah, but that didn't happen. That's, the, you know. Bryn's like, I love the fact that she calls you a cackling hack. You call her a princess, and then she ends up crying. <laughs> it's like... So now the narrative is that Jessel was crying. I, I
1: I And that Aaron actually called her a princess. Yeah. But that that's not what
0: happened. and Sire basically agree and said, like, I think Jessel just needs to take accountability. Like if she would just own it and not try to like, you know, whatever, like we would be much better off and we would be able to move on. Like mm-hmm. it's fine. And Aaron, they're asked like, well, Sai asked, like, is, are you going to her event, Aaron? Like, you know, whatever. She's like, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not gonna give her that comment that like I don't support other women by not showing up. Like so right. basically I will I will attend your event out of spite to you <laughs> to like prove you wrong. Um, Jessel, we go to actually Jessel's charity event at her home. Um, she talks a little bit about her fashion consultancy. She it's called the know. Like you're in the know. Which, okay. Okay. They keep, like, they... There were a bunch of, like... All, they keep, like, showing all the guests that are, like, coming in. And these were apparently, like, gigantic names. I'm so out of touch with, like, fashion stuff. But apparently... From people who were, like, knowledgeable, I saw online, were like, no, these are, like... Like, Jessel actually has connections. Like, she's... She has not front. Like, it's, you know... I mean, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> oh, and I forgot to mention. So... And then her... The person she's working with, like, oh, look, Pavit has, like, a carrot in his champagne glass. Like, isn't that quirky? And then Jessel just goes, that is not normal. What are you doing? <laughs> she's like, can you not act like this in front of people, please? She hates that man. Uh, she, she hates him she so really much. Does. <laughs> she She's so fed up with it. Um, She's uh, going, they're going over, like, the people that are coming. And Jessel's like, yeah, I think just Jenna said, like, she had, like, at some event or something at her house. So now it's that she had an event. And that she was telling people, who said that? Jessel said this, so that
1: yes, so what I got from that was that she had had another conversation after Jenna checked her calendar. maybe she had had a conversation with her where Jenna said, "Hey, no, I have an event at my house. I can't come."
0: right. And then we cut to Jenna's house, and she's basically decorating her Christmas tree um with her son, Beckett. Her two goddaughters and Brandon, who's her friend slash chef that we saw in the first episode, which I was very—I'm like, yes, more of him, please. He was—he uh-huh. was very hot. Uh-huh. Um, she, but she's like, you know, I really enjoy Christmas. You know, it's—it's it's my favorite time of the year. You know, I love everything about it. And I only get two weeks with Beckett, so like in the month of December. So like, I—it's—I get it when you're shared custody and like you have these like family moments. You have very limited time, and like sometimes your children take precedent in that moment. So like. In terms of, like, those moments.
1: Yeah. And, of course, she called it an event because the second that she said, hey, we're decorating my Christmas tree with my kid tonight, so, like, I can't come to your charity event, Jessel would have immediately gone, really? You can't just decorate your tree some other time?
0: <laughs> of course. I. I so just...
1: now I'm an attention
0: hog. So now I don't like Christmas. Great. <laughs>
1: So now I'm anti children and I'm homophobic, <laughs> and I'm anti single mother. Really, really, that's what you're saying.
0: Sai Sai arrives. Sai uh, asks Jessel about the conversation and starts making. Like, Sai just is like, "I heard you got emotional, <laughs> like right off the bat." And Jessel's like, "I mean, it, w- it wasn't emotional, you know, whatever." And then just and then Sai goes, "She called you a princess and you cried, didn't you?" <laughs> Didn't you? <laughs> I here's the thing some people find Sia abrasive. I really love her. I find her funny as fuck. Like yeah. the way she's just like, you know, cuts straight to it. Jess was like, I mean, I took offense, you know, she said, you know, She didn't call me a princess. She said that I was catered to or whatever, and I took that as she was calling me a princess. At least Jessel can own that. Yeah. She's like, I took offense to that because I'm like you. I came here with no money. I worked my ass off. Maybe I give off a certain vibe. And Sai immediately goes, You seem like you do come for money. (laughs) There seems to be some old money there. Maybe it's the English accent. (laughs) And oh my God, Jessel and her professional. At this point, they're just making assumptions based off of how I sound and how I look. Isn't that illegal in America? <laughs> One, no, it's not um we've se- we' as we've seen clearly um welcome to america um <laughs> two, it's like you're mad that they're having like like preconceived perceptions of you in a positive direction. Side keeps being like. I would just take it as a compliment. Like that, you're. It's not a compliment. It isn't really, but it's like, it's not like. Th-
1: it's not like old money is, yes, you're dripping in jewels. Sure. It's not opulent. She owns everything. It's not that. It's, oh, wow, you're pretentious.
0: Yeah. That's what she really means. That's like, what she
1: meant. She meant, <laughs> oh, you have no connection to reality.
0: Yeah. Psy, uh, Brynn comes in at one point and Sai's like, oh, you look like old money. <laughs> and then Brynn goes, I would love to be called a princess. Can I put that on my LinkedIn? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean,
1: she does look an awful lot like the... the Duchess of England. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, uh, Markle. Uh, uh, Yeah, yeah. Meghan Markle. Meghan Markle.
0: Yeah, I could see that. I, you know, she's she's at the very least had intimate interactions with Saudi Prince, so it's not that far off.
1: (laughs) Which one we do not know.
0: No, um, Brynn is coming in from her chess tournament. She didn't do well. She. They just cut to like the flashback of it, and like she can't get the clock right. She doesn't know like what button to press. (laughs) Yeah, uh, it was funny. Um Uba's there size impersonating Uba's what well, she says like Uba's short rich boyfriend. She's like all these like s- you know tall models and there's always uh, you see them on these red carpets and it's always a short rich guy like right there just being like you know like not knowing how to like pose for a camera and all that. Like big smile and Uba's like yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> like
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um Oh, there was a cute like one point Jussel's kids like are just running around in their pajamas, like clearly like broke free of their like room or whatever. And Bryn just sees, ooh, children and starts like playing with them and like like it's it was really sweet. Like it may and it makes me like Brin's th- Brin made has made like passing comments about like you know eventually wanting kids and like sort of stuff like that. So well, it depends on which kid she's around. Yeah, she's like <laughs> it, it, not size kids. <laughs> yeah, Sai decides to Facetime Jenna uh, with the rest of the girls, and she's like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm doing my Christmas tree. Beckett's here, you know, you know, time with my kids." And they're like, "Oh, that's sweet, etc." And you know, you know, uh, we miss you, etc. Bryn, uh, she's like, I thought there was after the Facetime, and she's like, I thought there was an event. Like, why wouldn't you just like say like, yeah, it's like it's fine if you want to be with your kids like decorating your Christmas tree, but like just say that or whatever. I'm like, I guess, but again, like, who cares? Like, like it's one of the uh, yeah. It's Bryn loves to make an issue.
1: Well, I where, think
0: where there is none. Sometimes. I
1: think that Bryn also thinks that everyone else would treat it the same way. Where somebody goes, hey, I want to spend time with family. And Brynn, who was, you know, not afforded that a lot growing up, would go, yes, spend time with family. That's important. Do that. As opposed to Jessel, who is completely out of touch with reality, (laughs) as we have established, and a pretentious princess, um, like, would then call her out on... Not being charitable, yeah, yeah. Like, I just it, it's different. Like you can't, you can't act like you don't know how Jessel would react to that.
0: Yeah, Aaron then arrives in and Je- and Jessel immediately like greets her when she comes in. It's like you know. You know, you know, my intention with that conversation the, the day before, like, was just to get over things, you know, and I really apologize for offending you and, and saying anything. So, like, immediately squashes it, which is, like, what you want with these shows. Like, right. And Aaron's like, you know, I, I wanted to show that I'm making an effort to come and support you and stuff like that, even though my kid's been, you know, sick and stuff like that. And she's like, I'm really thankful for that. Aaron, her professional, says, I mean, I'm done. You know, I don't hold grudges. Hopefully, we can move on and be, like, normal friends. But I'm not forgetting how crazy you were, but we're good right now. (laughs) She's like, you were fucking insane. (laughs) And Uh, I'm still insulted on behalf of real estate uh, people of America. (laughs) Uh Huh? Um, Yeah. Yeah. And Aaron was like, she was like, I've had a rough day. Like those stupid fucking like um, uh, thermo, like thermal thermometers or whatever. Like my child was sick and it kept reading like one Oh seven. I was freaking the hell out or whatever. And like, you know, it sounds like he would be seizing like, like, so she's like, yeah. And I should have known that. But then like, I called the doctor and then it was like a mouse. Um,
1: also not necessarily. I've, I've spiked at 109 before.
0: Well, your body is also.
1: Yes. But I was also battling both a viral and bacterial infection at the same time. That was fun because yeah. then I went to the ER and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me because they tested for one thing and it wasn't that and it was the other thing and the, it was the whole thing. Anyway,
0: um, Brynn is fangirling because uh, this one Lynn Yeager walks in who's the editor of Vogue who has this like really bob like short bob red hair and has these like m- like heart like, either tattoos or something like that. Apparently, she's, like, a really big fucking deal. And Brynn is, like, fangirling, like, crazy. She's, like, this would basically be the equivalent of, like, Andre Leon Talley walking into the room. Mm-hmm. Which I, when she said that, I was, like, it's crazy to think, I was telling you, I was, like, I cannot believe he's dead. Yeah. Like, the idea of Andre Leon Talley not being with us is, like, doesn't make sense. Yeah. It, it's it's crazy to think. But, I it, it mean, it, it's also crazy to think that he would probably be in Justice's home at this moment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, that's how great this is. Um, Aaron gets some, uh, white wine and she immediately is like, this is disgusting. And like, gives it the size. She's like, size, like, is it like Trader Joe's wine? She's like, it's worse. <laughs> size like, Oh, like two buck Chuck. And Bryn's like, but I fuck with two buck Chuck though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's like, it, Aaron's like, sorry, you just like, it is like rancid.
1: Yeah. I can't really, um, spend a whole lot of time critiquing someone else's taste in wine. When my favorite wine is literally the Franzia
0: Chillable Red. Chillable Red is great. There's also that uh, sparkling Moscato or whatever that we oh, used that's to always delicious. get. Which, by the way, Marlo had at her late archive event last season.
1: Yeah. Um. For the record, it's like thirteen bucks a bottle at the grocery store.
0: Sometimes that cheap stuff is good. It's good. Yeah. Um. Erin's all invites all the girls to her anniversary party for her anniversary with Abe. Um, says that, you know, like, we never said our vows, so it's, like, a big moment for us. Bryn goes, I'm going to wear pasties. And Aaron goes, please do. <laughs> um, They then tell Aaron about why Jenna isn't there, that she's with her kid, uh, decorating the Christmas tree. And she and Aaron's like, I thought it was, like, something about, like, an event or something. And Bryn then goes, it's Jenna Lyon, not Jenna Lyons. L-I-E. You know, it's like... And then Brynn's basically like, you know, if I was honest about not coming, like, there would be hell to pay. Again, like, the, like, if, I mean, Aaron forgiving Jenna for not showing up for a party. Now, Jessel, like, you know, has a party. And, like, like if this was me, it's like, okay, Brynn, like, this is, now it would become a recurring thing where it's getting a little annoying. Yeah. She, she's like, like, when you do, she tells Cy, like, when you do homework with, like, Rio and London, you say, I'm having an event in my house. Like, is that the thing people do now? We're calling it events? I guess this morning when I took a shit, I had a gala. I cackled. That was funny. Uh, And then (laughs) Jessel like, like goes to join the conversation and is like, like kneeling on the ground uh, uh, by them. And Bryn's like, tells Jessel, is this the first time you've had your knees on this carpet? (laughs) <laughs> and just like oh my god and she goes once brain goes once everybody leaves you know the drill hair's already back you're ready to go <laughs> uh it's great and that's how we end the episode on a uh, salacious sex joke <laughs> exactly how it should end uh that was rony for this week Re- again really good episode. They the I hate that the ratings are not good. I know I keep saying this every week. They had like they're still dipping, and it's like, come on, guys! Like this show is good, but I think I think it just needs to be moved to a different day. Yeah. I, I think
1: that's the issue at the end of the day. Somebody floated to move it to Thursday, and I'm like, please no. Well,
0: yeah, Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday would be great. More stuff on Tuesday. Everyone's home on Tuesdays. No one's out. Yeah, no one like like people. Some people, most people, are still out on Sundays too. So it's like, yeah. Um, but no, it's, it's good. Roni, the new Rony is really, really good and pe- more people need to see it. So yeah, really good stuff. All right,
1: babe, let's get into these tops and bottoms. We got, uh, all of the shit happening all over the place. <laughs> just can, everywhere. Everywhere. Uh, everything, everything everywhere, everywhere all, all at once. once.
0: Not the, not the movie.
1: Uh, this is not a promotional thing for that because we are not crossing picket
0: lines. Sure.
1: Um, however, uh, we are going to talk about uh, the, the uh, housewives of Atlanta, the housewives of New York. What are you thinking?
0: I'll start with my top. I'll give it to uh Cy over on Roni. Okay. The more I talk about, I'm like, I really love Cy. And I think like, like, like we talked about, it, I really loved her sort of explanation of her job and sort of like that. She's just effortlessly cool. I feel in a way. And isn't, I don't feel is trying too hard and I think is sort of like her natural personality on screen. I love that she cuts to the chase in a lot of these things and mm-hmm. is very just like poignant and straightforward. Um I think she's a really underrated member of this cast cuz there's a lot of like sort of more front-facing people that sort of are bigger personalities maybe so to speak, but I think she's incredibly important in terms of like like filling out the ensemble. So, I'm gonna give it to her. Um, My bottom for this week goes to Ralph on Atlanta because, like, Mm. like he is the he is terrible. Like he is like, just like, it. He's like if Sandoval was more obvious. Like, 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 like in it became
1: Sandoval was obvious at the end once we knew.
0: But before then, he was very good at like playing that narcissism role and being covert about it. Like, here, Ralph is just so overt about it, and you can maybe say, like, oh, at least you're honest to us. I mean, he's not honest, but, like, at least it's open and out there. But it's, like, yeah. to me, it makes it worse because it's, like, like you're, you know, there's nothing really sort of, like, I can get behind in terms of him to where, like, you know. And I can almost guarantee you, by the way, that he's showing up at the reunion. I d- we don't have any confirmation on that. But I would not be shocked that, like, if he and Drew have, like, a segment. Because, like, we've said it, he's a camera hog. Like, you know, mm-hmm. how many, like, and oh, time and time again in these divorces, the the par- the partner that isn't on the cast isn't showing up. That's a, I don't think that's going to be the case this time, mark my words. Um, But, yeah, that's my thoughts. Uh, What about you, babe? What are your tops and bottoms for this week? Well, I'm going to start with um,
1: my top as well. Um, I'm going to give that to Erin. I really Mm. like the way that she handled herself this week. And she literally, it it was almost like that that scene in in the coffee shop with Jessel Mm -hmm. was almost like it was shot. Office style, (laughs) because you could have almost seen her doing a look direct to camera. Like, are we all seeing this? Are y'all? Did she really just okay? (laughs) I guess that's what we're doing now. But she handled it really well. Yeah, and I thought, I thought it was just a mark of a really good housewife of just being able to go. This is not going where I planned. Let's pivot. And she just handled it really well, and I was really impressed with that. Um, My bottom is going to go to both Bethany and Raquel, and I'm going to continue to use the name Raquel. <laughs> we are
0: undead naming her.
1: We are undead naming her. Look, um, it is one thing to change your name because you believe, and I know I've gone on this rant before, but I'm going to do it again. Um, It is one thing... To change your name because it no longer jives with who you are. And that's that's wonderful and that's lovely and that is what happened with Raquel in the first grade. I am honoring that person yeah. because Raquel is trying to now erase what she did on season 10 by going back to Rachel. It is the same thing. Have you heard about the whole, um, you know, like Brock Turner, right? Right, 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 right. Where now he's living in Ohio and going by his middle name. It's giving that. It's giving that. It's giving, oh, well, I don't want to own up to what I did, so I'm going to change my name so I can go, no, that was Raquel. Mm -hmm. That was Raquel. I'm Rachel now. (laughs) No, fuck you. That bitch that did all that fucked up shit, that's you. Yeah. That is you. So stop trying to run from it own it god damn it i sound like Rena anyway but <laughs> also it, baby but, but also um fuck bethany i look i used to be a huge bethany fan i i used to love her she was my favorite housewife yeah um literally across the board and it wasn't even close this has just really been disappointing to me. Yeah. Because I I look at this and go, you're just an opportunistic bitch. Like, you don't give a fuck. And it honestly makes me go back and question every bit of good you've done in the past. It makes me question, what exactly were you doing in Puerto Rico? when you went down there for the hurricane relief yeah when you went down i think she was also in haiti for hurricane relief i believe she was also like she's gone to a lot of different places to do all of this stuff how much of that was about building your brand and how much of that was actually about helping people
0: and you know what by the way currently maui is like Scorched Earth, right now. Maybe you could do something like, like that. literally
1: scorched Earth, and you're instead doing a a podcast with Rachel about you know her bullshit.
0: Yeah. All I'm saying, and I told you this. I need I need to the um, the view to come back from hiatus so they can talk about this as a hot topic, and so Sunny can reshare that story about how Bethany yelled at her young child on the beach um, for being a child. Yeah, on the beach. <laughs> um but no you you did love bethany and like i remember when we first started watching ronnie like that was the one that you were like immediately because she was she was the one that wasn't pretentious she was the one that was self-made
1: yeah she was the one that had scrounged every penny she could and actually made a name for herself and did it all on her own like I fucking respected the hell out of her, and for her to turn around and shit on everybody behind her,
0: fuck you. The ca- the feud with Carol, I think, exposed so much too. Yeah, where it's like she when she was literally like Bethany has to be the smartest person in the room always. Yeah, it's like oh, but she's right. Like, and and she was with some dummies in the past, which is why it was very like you know easy in that regard. So like, I j- yeah, it's that element of it where it's it's you just don't come off very likable and like and to me that wasn't like in when we were starting to watch Brony in in the beginning like she was like you said very down to earth in certain regards and like relatable in many regards and I just even even before all this with her like TikTok rants and like yeah. it's, it's like none of this is relatable
1: yeah like well but at least that was. She's not relatable. At least it wasn't. She's a self-serving bitch. Yeah. And now it's like I don't trust anything you've ever done, anything you've ever said to do, that you've done. Yeah. I I now go and question every bit of your character because I see now that you are only in service to yourself. Yeah. And it's it's extremely disappointing. It's one of those situations where it's like, um, you know go out the hero or you'll become the villain or something like that, yeah. like whatever that phrase is. It's like, if she had left Rony the first time that she left Rony and we never heard from her again, she could have gone down as one of the greats. Yeah. And now she's tarnished every bit of legacy she ever had. It's, it's disheartening. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode of A Gay and His Envy.
0: Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout
1: out to Shane Ivers who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And, and we're, we're out.
0: out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at SorgatronMedia.com.